0: Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's Steph. It's a little bit after 4 o'clock on the 25th of Sunday, 2000 and November. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this uh, afternoon. We have a full house, dare I say, and I really do appreciate everybody dropping by and carving off a slab of Sunday for a little philosophical salad. So, I would highly recommend if you are listening to this, you're listening out of sequence, if, and I say if, you have not listened to 920, where we will go next. Also known as G-O-Y-A. And that will make more sense a little bit later. So, if you could listen to 920, if you haven't already, this will make a little bit more sense. And um, uh, I hope that that will help you if you feel like, hey, I have cleaned up every scrap of personal business that I conceivably could, and now... I must forge on to new territories. The new territories are explained in abrasive detail in 920, and I hope that that will make some sense to you. Uh, thank you, of course, uh, to donators this month. We have uh, been cranking out. The last time I did a big advertising run in May, we doubled the number of people hitting the site, and that never went back down. I uh, spent about $5,000 in April and May to advertise FDR. Thank you to the donators who made all that possible and kept me in possession of both kidneys. I am doing another big run at the moment after the site redesign and so on. We are doing a big run. Greg and I are pounding Google and Yahoo groups, and I'm spending a small fortune on StumbleUpon to make sure that people trip into our more, so to speak. So if you can spare any shackles before the end of the month, I will turn them straight over to StumbleUpon. And, of course, the Google ads continue to run, as do the bidvertiser ads, and various targeted blog ads, and uh, it's good. We are uh, uh, experiencing a rather significant increase in bandwidth usage because we have lots of new listeners, and also because I spent some time a couple of weeks ago upping the quality of the first bunch of files so that um, uh, new listeners would not be too appalled by the audio quality, and uh, it would not be a distraction from, hopefully, the content quality. So... Thanks so much to the listeners. Thanks to the purchasers of the book. The uh, Free Domain Radio Schwag Shop is, uh, has been set up by the fabulous employee number two, Greg. Uh, yeah, so thanks so much to the donators. Thanks to the book purchasers. Uh, thanks, of course, to the gentleman who gave a very glowing review of universally preferable behavior, a rational proof of secular ethics. And, oh, dare I say it. Dare I say it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to the Ron Paul supporters who have left such enlightening comments on my YouTube video, wherein I I posted about 40 minutes of questions and criticisms of the Ron Paul approach, citing historical example after historical example going back about 150 years, and uh, pretty much got called a turnip head repeatedly, and turnip head is probably the nicest way that I can put it. So I... um, just wanted to thank the Ron Paul supporters for coming by and helping me uh, to, uh, to um, uh, sort of shore up my theories that philosophy creates beauty and politics, she doth create the ugly fest. And uh, I, I put this out there not because I'm anticipating any um, particular change of heart from a true Ron Paul aficionado slash cultist slash daddy replacement aficionado. I'm not expecting these people to change their minds, but what you do want to do is you want to put out your predictions about how things aren't going to work, so that when they don't work, people can remember who are at all interested in actually having things work, and so on, they can remember, well, this guy said it wasn't going to work, so maybe I'll go and listen to him. Now that's going to be a year, uh, maybe a year and a bit. So just wanted to mention that uh, I wanted to put it out there, both for that reason and also just to show you, you know, like, I mean, there's some pretty recent arguments in there. I certainly don't claim to clinch the case during that video. And if you haven't seen it, it's well worth looking at. It's Ron Paul, The Shape of Things to Come. But no particular response uh, that merits uh, any any argument. One gentleman did post, since I was talking about how um, the government is an agency that works to defend itself, those who have a vested interest in it. And so I did talk about that, uh, and how if you try to privatize stuff, the civil service unions will be up in arms, but uh, And I did get some responses back saying, well, the, 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 the French president has uh, confronted a, a rail workers' union and, uh, and the public sided with, with, the, with the government rather than the rail workers' union and so on. And that's fine, <laughs> except that has nothing to do particularly with what it is that I was talking about. And certainly it has nothing to do with the kind of radical changes that Ron Paul uh, claims he will be able to, to put into practice. So... Um, what happened basically is there was a rail strike for a couple of days because there are a bunch of railway workers who have retirement at 50 uh, or 55. And uh, uh, what happened was they went on strike, the country shut down, uh, the union realized that the people weren't sympathetic to them, and then they went back to the negotiating table. But nothing has been decided. Nothing has been decided. Nothing has actually occurred to limit the size and power of the state and its obligations in France. So... That is not even scratching the surface of the kind of stuff like getting rid of the Fed or the income tax that Ron Paul is talking about. So there was a symbolic victory in France, a war of words that was won by the government. and That is not actual change, right? And, and it's really, it's not good to see people grasping at straws that way. I was also accused uh, um, of uh, slandering Ron Paul because I said that Ron Paul wants to deport uh, 10 to 20 million Americans. Uh, that this is a slander that I have been repeating for six months, and I should not slander uh, Ron Paul in this manner. So then, of course, I went over to the Ron Paul website and copied the uh, the words about 10 to 20 million, the Ron Paul's words, 10 to 20 million illegal immigrants, and uh, posted it back, and uh, that he wants to deport them. And uh, sorry, somebody's just joined. You need to mute yourself. We are definitely muted up here. All right. So, um... Uh, Ron Paul uh, absolutely wants, he says, you know, these are a lot of people to be breaking the law. No amnesty for illegal immigration. No amnesty for illegal immigration. Well, of course, that's deportation. He wants to uphold the law, and the law is that illegal, illegal immigrants are deported. Right? And he says, I want to uphold the law. And of course, the sickening thing about this, the sad thing about it in terms of the, the people who were criticizing me on this, is that they claim that I was acting basically by slandering Ron Paul in public. And they said this in public, and then when I corrected them with Ron Paul's own words, what did I hear? Why? I heard nothing. I heard nothing. No apology. No. Gee, you know, I was really concerned that you were slandering because slandering is really bad, and I'm sorry for slandering you in public, blah, blah, blah. And just, just sort of mention, just so people understand this, I mean, the problem with, with this sort of stuff, right? I mean, with politics and this, one of the problems, is that you have a situation where you have the non-aggression principle, which Ron Paul talks about vociferously, and then you have illegal immigration. Now, clearly, illegal immigrants have not violated the non-aggression policy. They haven't initiated the use of force against anyone. In fact, much like the founding fathers, they are fleeing political oppression in Mexico and other places where you have a socialist-slash-communist-slash-dictatorship, and they are fleeing oppression same way that the Founding Fathers did. So, when they then turn up on an American shores, you have a problem if you're a politician and you're trying to appeal to the xenophobic whitey, von whitey crowd. You have a problem because these people have not violated the non-aggression policy, so how is it that you're going to, non-aggression principle, how is it that you're going to justify initiating violence against them? Well, you have no choice. You have to say, I'm going to uphold the law. And immediately, you are no longer interested or can no longer credibly be taken seriously in the realm of philosophy or virtue or values or truth. Law is an opinion with a gun. Law is just an opinion with a gun and a whole lot of guns at that. So the moment that you say, the moment that you say, I am going to point guns at people who've done nothing, to initiate violence, then you're no longer interested in libertarianism, or your philosophy, or virtue, or values. You're just waving a gun around to please people, and there is no way that Ron Paul could get elected, or even get one or two thin dimes in his carpet bag if he was not talking about kicking out the illegal immigrants. And what kind of people are really interested in kicking out the non-whitey-von-whiteys? Well, not very palatable groups, white supremacy groups, racist groups, not only, not only, of course, the xenophobic groups as a whole, uh, people who are terrified that immigrants might get one little snippet of the power that the whiteys have enjoyed, low these hundreds of years. It's our gun! Don't try and take our gun with your grubby brown hands! Well, I can't really respect that. And, uh, uh, but it's inevitable, right? If you're going to go with the non-aggression principle, the moment you start talking about initiating the use of force, you have to make up this magical thing called, well, I'm just enforcing the laws of the country, as if that means a damn thing. Who is who is a political leader has not enforced the laws of his damn country? Hitler, Stalin, Mao, and all the others. And I'm not saying that Ron Paul is exactly the same as these kinds of people, but the rude justification is identical. It is the law, and we will enforce it. That's why he says, well, the problem with the Iraq war is that it was not approved of by Congress. Well, That's not really the problem with the Iraq war. The problem with the Iraq war is that regardless of whether a war is approved of or rejected by Congress, the initiation of the use of force is occurring against the citizens to pay for everything under the sun, including their own enslavement. So that's just something I wanted to mention, uh, since I did have a particular theory about Ron Paul and allegiances, and I think we can see that there's not a lot of rationality, and there's a lot of, but it's a panic, right? I mean, these people are panicking, and I totally understand that. They're panicking because it's like, well, if we don't do this, if Ron Paul doesn't work, what is going to work? What can we do? Now, I think we have a good answer, but it's a whole lot more scary than writing a check to Ron Paul. So, uh, thank you so much for your patience. We still have people I can hear a fair amount of rumbling, typing, background noises. Please mute yourself if you're not talking. And um, we had somebody who was uh, up first. Um, so uh, the first listener who had questions or comments or issues, please go ahead.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I just uh, I really support everything you're saying about taking freedom in your personal life. And basically, what I'm starting to realize is that I, I set a, a limit. I set like a time when I was gonna when I was gonna take that step and like be open with my parents and to to take that freedom to stand up for myself and set my own boundaries and preferences. So. I can be free, I set that, like, time limit at uni. I thought, okay, uh, it's I'm living with my parents now before I can get to uni. It, you know, it might be a bit uncomfortable. And I felt a lot of anxiety, so I thought, okay, I'll put it off till uni. But podcast uh, 920 you did really, I mean, thanks a bunch for giving me that kick up the backside because that really helped. And I, I guess what my uh, question is, is... um. I'm trying to think about how I can actually go about this, about confronting my parents on the whole issue, about asking questions about my childhood, about getting to the root of what will really ha- what will really help me. Um, but it's thinking what um, what questions I can ask, which will end up in a discussion which will make them back into the corner rather than me back into the corner. Okay.
0: Well, the first thing, that just, just just for those, sorry, if you've just joined, if you could put your mute button on, please. You, um, We're getting an echo. The first thing that I would say is that for those people who aren't British, when he says, wait until uni, what he means is that, like most British men, he's trying to grow a unibrow, and he's waiting until that joins across the bridge of his nose, and that is going to be the catalyst for his personal action. It's either that or university, I can't remember, but I think it's the former. Um, but the first thing that I would say is, you, you have to think of, or it would be useful to think of going into this conversation with your parents without an agenda. right? So if you say, well, I want them to back down rather than me to back down, you're going in trying to control the outcome of a relationship. And that will not serve you well. right? That's that You can't control other people. You can't control other people. And so I would suggest, and I'm going to work uh, on some of these questions uh, in the Real Time Relationship book because I know that it's it's something that just, I am just sort of started working on in a more advanced podcast at the Diamond Plus level. But the real-time relationship in these conversations with your parents is just a relentless honesty about what is occurring for you while they're talking. So if they're making you feel scared, you say, Ma da, I'm feeling really scared right now. I feel really nervous. I feel, my hands are shaking. I feel sweaty. And you see what they do with that, right? You see what they do with that. And if they, if they get more mad, you say, well, now I'm even more scared, and, and, and so on, right? And then if they do things that make you angry, you say, now I feel angry because of X, Y, and Z. And it's just giving a constant feedback on your emotional experience of the interaction, of the relationship. Relationships in their fundamentals are emotional interactions. Relationships in their fundamentals are emotional interactions. You can have cash interactions with grocers and your banker. You can have intellectual. But relationships at their core are about values and virtue, and values and virtue translate into emotional energy. I mean, that's the one thing that we've always been talking about here, that from the roof of the skies to the root of the earth is the same uh, essential grand ideas. That which is our highest and widest abstraction is also our deepest and most fundamental emotional experience. Yeah, sorry, there's nothing I can do about the choppiness. We have uh, as much uh, bandwidth here as, as humanly possible. But So uh, I know that that is an abstraction that doesn't really help that much, but it's just something important to remember that your relationship with your parents, if it is to be saved, if it is to be created almost, has to be not with you going in there trying to get them to back down, but just to say, my experience of you as parents is X. I feel good, I feel bad, I feel this, I feel happy, I feel sad. That's my experience of you as parents. And if they say, well, you're wrong, right? Then you say, you know, when you say that I'm wrong, I feel so bad inside. Like I feel like I'm, I'm on a trap door that's just opened in the floor and I'm just falling. It's really scary when you tell me that my experience of you is just wrong. It makes me feel kind of crazy. It makes me feel afraid, it makes me feel angry too because like, I kind of feel like it's not true, I feel like you're just kind of being defensive and and they just wait to see what they come, oh stop psycholo- psychologizing, what's all this psycho babble? stop listening to that bold Brit-Canadian Commonwealth dude right, and then you say well, and then what's well, important to me, this is this podcast and so on, and now I feel uh, even more scared, I feel, I, can, I sense that you're really frustrated and, and, and what I'm feeling is that I don't know how to I don't know what to say next, like it's just being relentlessly honest in the moment and it is unbelievably difficult it is it is like fifth Dan black belt difficult to do it not because it's hard to know what you're feeling it's just hard to see what happens to people when you're actually emotionally honest with them it's hard to look into that kind of ugliness and uh, that's what we need to do when we're going through this kind of process Does does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That really helps. So I guess the thing I was confused about was, I get well, no, I guess the thing I knew but didn't want to admit was that the real time relationship is not something you just use. As if I have to wait for like my parents to say something or do something really horrible for me to give my emotional reaction. I can just start off the conversation with a reaction to what they did to me for the you know the last seventeen years.
0: Exactly. This is a real-time relationship is fundamentally proactive, right? You're bringing the truth of your experience to your relationship with others. And I swear to God, no matter who your parents are, even if they're Charles Freakin Manson, there is no parent, no human being, no lover, no child, no teacher, no sister, no brother, no aunt, no uncle, no grandparents, no niece, no nephew, etc., etc. All the Waltons agree that they would like you to tell them the truth about your experience. There's nobody on this earth who is going to say to you, I don't want to hear the truth of your experience. I don't want to hear honesty from you. I don't want you to be honest with me. Lie to me. Right? So what we're doing, and this is part of the whole on truth book, right, is what we're doing is we're simply saying, okay, what if virtue, what if honesty is in fact a real value? Let me be honest with people about how they make me feel or how I feel around them. Not in terms of condemning them immediately, just saying, look, I'm with you. And being open to theirs, right? And then if they say, well, my experience of, of, is that you're an ungrateful child. That's my experience of you. Then you say, well, that just really scared me what you said there, but, but tell me more, right? And then just let them go and then talk to them about how you feel. And you will get to the root of the relationship in 10 minutes.
1: really get that i mean i i feel I get all of the messages you've sent me like about like feeling empathy with the the anger which is and frustration and humiliation etc which is built up since I was a kid, and like now I can feel it, but the next step I've just taken is now I have to say it i mean i it was like I was caught in that um like Hamlet right like like I don't yeah. like i' don't, i I don't want to like scream at my mother and like uh you know turn into turn the whole situation into something horrible which she can just say uh, oh, no, look how hormonal this crazy teenager is and <clears throat> and you know then blame me for going mad at her and being violent in my language you know i mean that that's not that's not productive at all I mean that would just make the whole process worse for me as well.
0: So, right. And, and if you're if sorry to interrupt, but if your mom says basically in one form or another, I want you to stop talking like this. I want, you, you're talking like some Vulcan emoting robot. I don't like it. Stop talking about this. I want, I want you to share your feelings or whatever. Right. And whatever she's going to do. Or if she just gets up and storms out or says, Ugh, I can't talk to you when you're like this or something. Right. Then you say. I feel. Right, So I'd, like, I just want to understand the rules of the relationship. Right? If the rule of the relationship is, I'm not supposed to talk to you about how I feel, then I need to know that, right? so Because you, you need to get a commitment from people about what the relationship is. Right? You, have to, you have to have some kind of contract with the people in your life, even if it's implicit, right? And so you say, okay, so like, is it it that I'm talking to you about my feelings that bothers you? Is it the feelings themselves? Is this, are you just uncomfortable with it and I should do it more? Or do you just like, we never do this again and I'm never allowed to talk to you about my feelings? And, And in which case, what is a relationship to you? Like if my emotional experience, my actual alive experience of you and the world is not, is never to be brought to this relationship, then I don't really understand what you mean when you say you love me and we have a relationship.
1: Right. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, if I want her to be honest with me, the least I can do is be honest with her.
0: Well, I would say that you just want to be honest. Like, forget about what she's doing.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: As I say, you only have control over your own level of honesty and vulnerability. You know, the reason that people lash out, the reason that people lash out is they're getting close to the truth. Right, not lashing out is really hard because what's on the other side of that is very, very strong emotion. Very strong, like storm-tossing emotion, like crack skyscrapers emotion. And that is a very hard place to go to. It's essential because that's where our future and our energy, not to mention the future and the energy of the species, the planet. But that core is where we need to get to and that's what happens when you don't blame, you don't mythologize, you don't lash out, and you stick with real honesty and vulnerability. Okay, I guess he's left to go have that conversation. Um, <laughs> happy to chat with whoever wants to come up next. Thank you so much, and do keep us posted on how it's going. Miss, Miss The Divine Miss C, I believe you had something to, uh, to, to chat about um yes if you'd like if i'm next Um, uh, sorry to be annoying could you just take the mic back a little bit uh unless you're actually eating the microphone it sounds a little bit uh, loud
2: oh sorry about that um by the way i'm going to buy my mother a t-shirt and uh and send it to her i think uh, for the irony value um
0: okay wait 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 just a second (laughs) uh really
2: um, I don't know. Depends on if I have, you know, some extra money.
0: Okay, okay. I just wanted to see where you were with that, but uh, let me not interrupt you. So again, sorry. Go ahead.
2: Um, I watched the uh the Ron Paul video the other night, and one of the things that you talk about is um, sort of working towards personal freedom versus you know societal freedom, since society is obviously not ready for to be free yet. Um, one of the things that i've kept running up against in in my own thinking is I would think that they would have to go hand in hand um, I'm not sure how one could actually have you know personal liberty while being tortured in in a gulag or or something like that so is is there a way that you can speak to that because i'm I'm still kind of running up against that
0: well, sure, uh, and I certainly do appreciate that the gulag that you're tortured in uh, still has internet connection, so that's excellent. Uh, but seriously, you're not being tortured in a gulag, right?
2: Oh, absolutely not. Um, I think it's it's probably going to get there eventually, but, you know, until my, my name is Alexander Solsenitz, and I, I don't think that mine's uh, mine's quite as bad as his yet.
0: I don't think that we're going to end up being tortured in a gulag. My My personal opinion is that we're not going to end up being tortured in a gulag. And if we are, you might as well just assume that you're not, because and, and if, you, if you end up not being tortured in a gulag, you haven't wasted time worrying, and if you do end up being tortured in a gulag, at least you didn't waste time worrying about the inevitable. But I don't think that's where it's going to go. Now, I certainly do agree with you that when you are being tortured in a gulag, philosophy ain't going to do that much for you, at least the kind of philosophy that we talk about here. That would be more sort of around personal, uh, sort of personal. just how do I survive this emotionally. The philosophy that we talk about here is in the realm of nutrition, right? So uh, in the realm of nutrition and, and exercise, which is all about preventing health problems as, as far as it's able to, then we can do, we can do an enormous amount to help people you know, eat well, exercise, not get diabetes, not be overweight, and so on, right? However, what diet and exercise help when you're currently having a heart attack? Well, the answer is it doesn't help at all. Right? So you're, you're completely right that this philosophy will, will not do you a whole lot of good in a gulag, right? I mean, then you might as well believe in Zeus or the Christian god or whatever, it doesn't matter, right? Diet and exercise is all about prevention. It's to some degree around cure, right, insofar as if you have the heart attack and you survive, then clearly you want to deal with diet and exercise, so uh, that metaphor i found to be quite helpful in understanding that what we're trying to do is prevent society from having the aneurysm of fascism, right? So we're working to, to prevent this from occurring, and that, uh, that, that we have power over that is the key, right? You have power over your relationships. You have no power over the state. You have no power over other people. You can point guns at them, but fundamentally, all you can do is force fleshly obeyance. You can't force love. You can't force loyalty, you can't force commitments, you can't force donations, I've tried. You can't force other people to do anything uh, that is of any value, right? All you can do is reduce them to a meat puppet of obedience, as happens so often in families. So recognizing where you have power and control is certainly key, that you can bring freedom to your own life through your own choices. Through that, through that, you liberate the world. And I'll tell you just a very short story about uh, a dinner that Christina and I had on Friday night. There was a guy at the dinner table who said to me, well, you'd kill a guy for a million dollars, right? And I said, Canadian? No. I said, no, I would never kill a guy for a million dollars, and it didn't matter how much money I had. I'd live under a bridge in a box before I would kill a guy for any amount of money. Uh, and he said, well, I would kill a guy for a lot less than a million dollars, right? And he said, most of the people that I talked to, Agree with me, and they would also kill a guy for $50,000, $25,000, and so on, right? And I said, yes, but you're the one asking the question. And he said, what? <laughs> I said, if you and I both approach 50 different strangers, you would get almost all of them to agree with you to kill a guy for $50,000, and I would get none of them to agree to kill a guy for a million dollars. Because we condition the world in how we approach it. We change the world in how we approach it. When you become personally free, you change the way that other people perceive, not just you, but freedom. Right? So the personal project called freedom is the demonstration of a state society. It is the demonstration of no un- unchosen positive obligations. The way that you interact with people when you're free is like a positive virus and it's not going to make the world free tomorrow, 10 years, 50 years from now, but how you approach the world is the most conceivably powerful way that you either aid or hamper the spread of freedom as a whole. So that's my suggestion. We have no control over the state, can't control the church, can't control our parents, can't control anybody, but we can generate amazingly positive and surprising results when we ourselves are personally free. Does that does that answer your question or just go on a complete tangent?
2: That helps. Thanks.
0: Um, the Killing for Money guy's response was, of course, he started talking about his family. And uh, but he basically said that he was never ever going to have a real-time relationship conversation with his mother in no way, no how, but he sure as heck was looking forward to them being dead. You there? Yes, I sure am.
3: I wanted to talk about this most recent set of conversations on the board uh, in relation to the real-time thing. and um, Apparently, I have a lot of defenses I didn't really know about or something I'm doing that I didn't know I was doing.
0: Or other people have defenses that they don't know about, right?
3: I I really, honestly, I, I'm just, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know who. <laughs> but I, I know that that the majority opinion seemed to be uh, the same, and it, it, I don't think it was any kind of mass hallucination on their part. Uh, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, okay. Unless this whole thing is a mass hallucination on everybody's part, Nate. Did you think about that? Sorry, go on. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> you're scaring me with that. Uh, well i I apparently um when whenever I try to like engage in a real time thing what what happened was in this at least in this conversation it it came across as being manipulative in some way and and maybe you know I'm totally open to the idea that I have, and I think maybe I was to some extent, but like if I say i'm sad uh, does that mean, what does that mean, you know? Does that mean I'm being manipulative, or?
0: <laughs> well, but but the question is why, you know, if, if I just say I'm sad, then what is the next step for the other person, like, that that would make you happy?
3: Well, I'm sure just, like, well, tell me more would be the next step, but...
0: Right so in a, so sorry to interrupt and I'm going to be an annoying guy as always but but the first thing here is that if I say to you Nate I'm sad right and that's it right then like if I say Nate I really want to meet for dinner and then hang up what are you going to do um be confused right it's um, like well and... we need a place to meet don't we we need to you know what where, where when how or whatever right so if, right. you say, if I say to you, Nate, I'm sad, there's nothing for you to do with that, right? Right. Now, you can say, tell me more. But why should you have to, right?
3: So, I, of course, you don't have to say, tell me more.
0: Um, you don't really have to do anything, I guess. Well, I would be, I, if somebody just said to me, uh, somebody sent an email and said, Steph, you make me angry, I'd be annoyed. Why? Well, because they're not opening a dialogue. They're not telling me anything other than a base emotion, which I can't do anything with. I can't conceivably do anything with an emotion called, I'm angry. Just as nobody can do anything with an emotion called, I'm sad. Right? Like, if somebody calls me up and says, I'm in pain, I don't know if they've just lost their mother in, uh, got rejected from an audition or stubbed their toe. Like I have no idea. If you just give people a tiny little bit of information that they can't work with, and that's all you give them, that's not the real time relationship. Okay.
3: So let, let's say, what like, in 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 re- relation to the other thread um, that I'm confused about the the uh, the one where the you were talking about not confronting our parents in a real-time sense um i didn't i didn't parents at all because i knew exactly what would happen if i did i i knew i would go round and round and round and and it would it would go nowhere and i would get the same confusing it would either be sentimental passive aggression or or some kind of uh attack on my well, intelligence. But, sorry to interrupt. Come. Sorry to
0: interrupt. I can guarantee you that a real time relationship conversation never goes nowhere and it never goes around in circles. Right, because because here's here's the thing and I, I mentioned this on the board, right? If you had gotten to the core of your relationship with your parents, then it seems inconceivable that you would end up in the subsequent disastrous romantic relationships, right? I mean, if you really right. get that smoking is bad for you, you don't just switch to filters, right? So right. what happened was when you, when you were looking at your... And this is nothing I was talking about at the time, as, as one astute listener pointed out, right? Like I was sort of saying, okay, well, you sort of get who they are and so on. But what I'm looking at is in the aftermath of the Defu Rockstars experience, of the Defu Rockstars tour, in the aftermath of that some problems have continued to occur, right? So you went into some relationships. That, so we need to tweak it a little bit. And that doesn't mean going back to talk to your parents or anything like that. But we need to understand why this process of ditching the parents did not result in vastly improved relationships, or for you even improved relationships in your dating life, right? And my guess is that uh, you did not uh, talk to your parents but hit the eject button, but you didn't hit the eject button with a complete knowledge of the dysfunction that you came up with, right? Right. You didn't hit the I... eject button. You, 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 hit because you wanted to avoid the experience of being consciously invisible to your parents, rather than actually be invisible to your parents. Experience what that, that is like. Because once you experience consciously what it's like to totally beat your head against the wall of another person's defenses, you are never tempted to do that again in any relationship.
3: Right, and that's something I kind of did with, with the last relationship, but I didn't do it with them. Do you think it's, it's important that I do it with them?
0: Because if so... No, 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 because now, now what happens is because you've been out of it for a while, what's going to happen is if you get back into it, they're going to say, oh, so he can be gone for six months and then he'll be back. So all you've done is reset the clock, right? So you can't go back uh, and, and do it now. I think that would not be a good idea. Right, and certainly you did go through that with your fiance, your ex fiance, so that's good, right but right. um i'm I'm leaning more towards and I did talk about this on truth, right, to examine your parents about ethics and virtue and their like, you can get very quickly to the core of these kinds of things, and I've been sort of reviewing my own and christinas Defu experiences to to figure out where the difference is between what we did and what some of the other people have done, not everybody, but the difference is that. Uh, we put ourself uh, in a completely vulnerable position over and over again uh, until we totally got it, like with no doubts, no questions, no issues, no What you cut out there? Um, yeah, that we, um, uh, we, we just totally put ourself out in a vulnerable way with our parents and siblings um, and, and kept asking and kept saying, this is what I need and so on, until you really get to the core of the relationship, which is that there's no person in the other body. Right. So, did I screw myself? Or... <laughs> well, no, no. What happened was, I mean, look. Let, let's look at the upside, which is considerable, right? Basically, what's happening is you're out of the wheelchair, and now you need a couple of new dance steps, right? That's not, you know, you're out of the wheelchair. So let's let's not uh, let's not poison the the silver lining on this uh, cloud or darken the whole sunshine that we've got, right? So. You got your uh, manipulative parents out of your life. You did, Things have happened, right? But when we're talking about how to tweak this, because we are inventing a kind of new paradigm for relationships here, or basically coming to the reality of relationships, so there's always tweaking, right? There's always things where you say, well, you know, if I did that again, I would do it this way. And that kind of stuff is, is what we're talking about here. So it's not like, well, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't jump out of the burning plane perfectly right? I, I twist, I, I bent my toe when I could have landed better. It's still better than being in the burning plane, right? So it's going down. So uh, don't, uh, don't say, well, now I'm screwed right. because I missed one particular thing because you went through a lot of that with right, your fiancé. It's just that if we were to go back in time, this would be my thought, I would suggest going to have that conversation and staying in that conversation with your parents uh, and, and really being and, of course, I'm working on this real-time relationship book, so I'm sort of mulling over this stuff. A little. Oh, my God, I detached from my parents in the wrong way, and I'm going I'm to coos-cursed to wander the earth as a loveless wreck forever. No, it's nothing like that. It's just that when we look back on this, uh, everything that we're doing that's so new, it is helpful, uh, highly helpful to 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 tweak it, right, for the people, uh, obviously for ourselves, and also for the people who are um, coming coming after, right? Right.
3: Yeah, it just... is <laughs> This is so very new that <laughs> there's there's not a lot of places you can like I was saying on on one post the uh, like trying to get uh, get this far with a therapist I mean I don't get I, I don't get my defenses pointed out by them I mean at least the not the last two they they've not been very good at all but maybe the next one will I don't know but it's like trying to find a telephone in 1896 to it's you know, it it's just not gonna be easy. Right. I'm to not find, getting Mars on this thing. I don't yeah, think. right. Um, but I maybe it it I really don't understand the real time thing very. Um. um Real, I'm not really understanding the real time relationship thing too too much. I don't think, and maybe it, maybe I should just wait until the book. Or- yeah, I mean,
0: we are we are having a seminar, right? We're doing this thing in Miami, which uh, is going to be where, you know, the unveiling of you know whatever it is that I've been able to come up with uh, is going to be there. If not the final book form, at least uh, the the general ideas, uh, and uh, and so we'll we'll talk about it then but uh, it really is just about being very proactive and honest about your experience of the interaction with, with the other person and, uh, and being also curious about their experience of their interaction with you. right? So, right? so if you get criticized and you feel really bad, and you say, well, I just feel really bad that you've criticized me or whatever. And then you're kind of not being curious about the other person's experience. And it's putting your ego aside and genuinely trying to get into the other person's shoes. I mean, there's lots of complex things about it. But um, uh, hopefully it will, uh, it will make a little bit more sense uh, come January. But uh, uh, I am a little bit more, you know, having looked at the aftermath of, of a large number of, of these situations over the last year, I think everybody did magnificently. There's an enormous amount to be incredibly proud of. But, uh, you know, things can always be a continual improvement, right? Things can always be... We want the Six Sigma DFU experience, right? So we want to keep tweaking it as far as possible. And that's sort of what I've been trying to, uh, to work on. That's my confusion right now. But, uh, Excellent.
3: We should probably, I don't know, have a conversation later about the actual thread. I don't, I don't think it's too productive on the board right now.
0: Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, try the, I wouldn't try the real-time relationship on the board myself because the, the okay. unfortunate thing is since, since our emotions since emotions are the core of our, our interactions with others wherever there's anything other than the most perfunctory of relationships, a board is not going to work you can 't get tone uh, you can't get the pauses you can 't get the oh" of understanding the The, the forum is great for uh, talking about uh, ideas uh, it's great for sharing stories it's great for sharing insights. It is not a good place to have conflict, and I regularly bail out of conflict on the boards and say, let's talk about it on the board. It is just not possible for it to, to work productively. Yeah, sorry, as Christina is saying, over 90% of our communication is nonverbal, right? So if you can't tell whether somebody's pounding the, the, the keyboard with a ball-peen hammer, uh, you just don't know what's going on, so... so uh thanks so much uh, I appreciate that and um uh if uh, if we would like to uh to bring on the next person that would be uh excellent hey stuff How's
4: it going it's rod good how you doing doing all right so um i'm wondering about this um my uh my spamtastic fear about uh getting together a list of emails of random people to send advertisements to. All well,
0: see, wait, wait, I'm going to stop you right there, right? <laughs> because I must say that there's a little bit of mythology in what you said, if you don't mind me mentioning it. Oh, sure, and this, as, is,
4: this is what I'm asking. <clears throat> Excuse me, I need to drink something. <laughs> okay, go ahead.
0: Well, um, random people to send advertisements to is... Um, not uh, a, a very neutral it's not a very value neutral way of, of putting it if, if that makes sense to you right first of all there's no advertisement right because i'm not charging for anything okay right i'm not charging anybody for anything in this conversation you don't i mean i, I we've had people who've gone through the entire podcast series twice never donated a penny Right so this is not an advertisement this is an invitation. Right. I mean I'm not just making up semantic words here an advertisement is if you're trying to sell a product and I'm giving it all away. And there's no hidden catch and there's no listen to 10 podcasts and I own your dog I mean there's nothing hidden. Right? If they want to donate great. But it's not it's not an advertisement. Right. And and secondly, of course, the way that I have talked about it is it's not random either. Right.
4: Well, see, for me, if I was to go out and try to find these names, it would feel like I was just grabbing random because I've I've told pretty much everyone that I know about this. And um, from from here on, it's just going to be the people I meet or just people I, you know, I'll go looking around the Internet for lists of people, but that, there's something that just feels kind of, I don't know, dirty about that to me. I don't, I'm not sure why.
0: Well, I mean, that's, that's a very interesting question, and I'd like to spend a few minutes on it because this is something that is important. But let me ask you this. If you were being paid $500 per email to get uh, emails of people who were interested in this conversation, so you could make a fortune in like a couple of months and retire, how would you go about doing it?
5: you know I, I that's for some reason that still didn't dislodge anything i mean it, it,
4: the feeling is very much the same it's it's the i'm extremely excited about the well you know it's not an advertisement so it's not a product but you know what i'm saying is like the subject of these emails i'm really excited about that i mean it's it pretty much dominates most of the conversations i have lately with my acquaintances and um I've been telling people verbally about how awesome these books are and such, and I'm just so delighted to be a part of this conversation in the early days because I think someday, a hundred years from now, people are going to look back at this and say this was a watershed moment in history of the human race. I mean, I really feel that this is huge, but I there's something about, like, I, I get this image of someone opening up their email and seeing a a, like a, it's the equivalent of a cold call to me. And I have really, when I get unsolicited emails from anything, no matter, even if it's from a source that I would normally be interested in, I get really just put off by it. Like, I don't want to see that there. I mean, I, I surf the internet with ad block on, so I don't see any advertisements anywhere. I, I just, I can't stand things that are uninvited in my life. And, And if I feel that if we, if we contact people with these emails out of the blue like that it 's going to turn people off from this conversation i don 't know it's it 's probably my reaction to something and and i 'm probably telling myself a story, but i 'm just not sure where it 's coming from
0: well, and i 'm certainly open to uh, other possibilities, other alternatives so how would you suggest uh, that we could uh, uh, could get the conversation out to to more people
4: i 'm um, ordering one one of those really tacky um, uh, back windows decal stickers with the, with the website name on it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's going to be like my car wearing a t-shirt, I guess. But, um, and see, that's something that I'm putting it out there for people to see, but I'm not throwing it at their email inbox. You know?
0: Okay. And so, uh, when you, um, what, what, do you feel when you receive an unsolicited email? Right. So, like, just if you'd never heard of this conversation and somebody said, listen, there's this great podcast about philosophy. It's free. Uh, it was an award winner or a top 10 or whatever, 2010 podcast awards, biggest philosophy. Would you feel that that was like intrusive? Would you feel like that was uh, annoying? Would you feel like that was uh, um, uh, invasive?
4: Yeah, actually, I do. I mean, even there are some uh, emails that I receive from lists that I've even subscribed to that I start getting annoying that they're coming in. And these are the ones that I've voluntarily gone out and looked for and said, send, sign me up, send me stuff. And then I start getting really annoyed that they're there sometimes. And so, I mean, there's, I don't know, maybe it's just something weird about my inbox that I just hold sacrosanct or something, but...
0: Oh, I guarantee you it's got nothing to do with your inbox, but that's where we'll start because it has a metaphorical level for sure. you, right? Because, right. like, we, we, I, I don't like sending out unsolicited emails, right? And I sent right. one out, one list out, April of last year, and I just reused those emails again, right? So I figure once every 18 months is not exactly spamming people. Of course, for a lot of people, uh, it may go into the spam uh, box. Uh, some people will. Some people have thanked have thanked me, right? Written back and said, you know, that's great. I'll definitely check it out and so on. Uh, yeah. Other One one guy over the last year and a half has said, you know, if this is unsolicited email. You shouldn't be doing this, blah, 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 Right. But to me, it's like, well, you put your contact information out on the internet, uh, you've got a blog about libertarianism, I'm sending you links to a free libertarian podcast, like, help, help me understand how that's abusive, <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, like, now that,
4: that just changed something in my mind there. that For some reason, that, that flipped a switch that the, you're going to earn 500 bucks an address didn't flip in my head, so...
0: Right. So here there's a kind of, uh, uh, maybe it's more of, maybe, of course, I mean, you'd be less motivated by the financial rewards and more motivated by, for me, if somebody puts their email address out on the internet, and I don't try and figure out their email address from their blog or anything, like, if if there's a contact me there button or a contact me there form, then I'm going to grab it. And I'm not going to put them on my email list and spam them every week. Of course not, right? I'm going to send them an invitation. It's like, you're interested in libertarianism. Here is a free libertarian show that I think you will really enjoy, right? I, I mean, that's not invasive, right? Isn't that helpful?
4: Yeah, it is.
0: Right, so, because by, by your principle, right, most of the people here would not have been... Well, I shouldn't say that. By your principle, a lot of the people here, like Greg, would never have, have come, right?
4: Yeah, and that's I, I recognize that when I was talking about this on that th- thread... That's how Greg got here. And obviously Greg's one of the more valuable members of, of this community. I mean I value him in the community. I don't I don't care what other people think, but
0: <laughs> actually he's one of the most expensive members of the community for me. But but I do know what you mean.
4: Right, right, yeah. So anyway, the um uh, yeah, it's um there's I think there's something mixed up in this about like the Maybe it's the fact that I I, I fear too many um, too many trolls coming in and spoiling my fun or something. I don't know what it is because I think that there's it's it's something like if uh, if a lot of people show up then and they don't know what's going on. It's kind of like I have this this just completely selfish and irrational feeling that I want to keep the club to the people who who get
3: it, you
0: know? Well, I absolutely understand that, but, but let me try a countervailing uh, uh, perspective. If we yeah. don't win, how many trolls do you think are going to come along as a whole and mess up this conversation?
4: Oh, life is going to suck big time if, if this doesn't succeed. I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean...
0: I mean, at least the trolls on the but, Internet, it's an IP address, right? It's not guys coming to your house, taking you away, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, when, when I first started donating, I mentioned that if I live another 50 years, the quality of my life you know, after this conversation for those 50 years is just priceless to me, right?
1: And if, right, this, right.
4: Uh, if this conversation recedes and goes away, then I'll be losing that priceless value again. And it'll be even worse to have grasped at it and lost it than to have never had
0: it. Well, but you're still talking about yourself, right?
4: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but for everything. I mean, for, you know, for the, for the amazing and beautiful human race that is to come that, that we love so much, you know? I mean, I have that same feeling that you do, and I think that's one of the reasons that I have a great deal of optimism, in in thinking about this stuff i mean i really do feel very optimistic about the future i think it's going to kick ass but
0: well i'm sorry to interrupt but But i don't know how
4: to get how am i going to get there
0: you understand though sorry to interrupt. you understand that it's kind of funny to feel optimistic about the future but not want to contact people in the present
4: that's what i was just going to say is how do i get there from here when i'm reluctant to do anything like emailing people i mean it's i don't know it or or wear a t-shirt right I can, yeah, the the t-shirt thing is no problem at all. I'm actually, I was planning on getting one of those anyway, but the...
0: Um... Well, sorry, and just just so I understand it, can you tell me why you didn't order yet? And again, I'm not trying to nag everyone into buying, because Lord knows we're not going to make any money off these t-shirts. I'm just curious. So you say, I'll get one later. Like, what was the delay? or And it's just, just a marketing question more than anything.
4: Oh, no, I, I don't think it's anything odd for me. I think it's par for the course for the way I do things. I mean, I I visited the lulu.com page, I think, six times before I ordered all the books that I've ordered there, so okay,
0: got I, it, I'm not got sure it. what it
4: is. It's just kind of like I, I like to stock my prey, I guess.
0: <laughs> now, um, and, and this, is, this, is, this is something that, that I'm going to sort of lower onto you, and you can let me know sort of what, what it is that that, that, that you think uh, about uh, about it, and let me know if it resonates with you at all. Okay. What I get a sense of, and certainly having known something about your history, is that for you, empathy was a disaster, right? Yeah. Yep. Right. So a- a- empathy was was the massive meat hook that other people could plunge into your heart and drag you wherever the hell they wanted, right? Yes. Or should I use a more extreme metaphor? <laughs> no. Empathy no, was no. the no. Krakatoan explosion over your Hiroshima. I don't know what, but, but but this yes, was a uh, it's, it's, a huge vulnerability for you that people could just like. The guy you talked about, the 80-year-old guy who was helping your dad because your dad was mad. His sensitivity to your dad's anger made him an unpaid slave laborer, right? I mean, this sensitivity, vulnerability, empathy was how you got screwed, right? Yes. Because the thing that I am getting from, and I talked about this again in 920. If you haven't heard it, you should listen to it now. The thing that I'm getting is that, you know, Greg and I, and more Greg than I, worked hard to get these T-shirts out, right? Yeah. Now, when we launched this stuff, my sense would be, if I were to put myself in your shoes, right, and say, how could I make Steph and Greg feel great about this? How could I help them stay enthusiastic about what it is that they're doing that's important to me and for the future and for my kids and blah, 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 right? I don't mm-hmm. think that that crossed your mind.
4: No, it's not a criticism. I'm, very... I'm
0: just I'm just pointing it out. Like I just we can we can be frank, right? I mean I don't think you thought how can I help keep them excited about what they're doing.
4: You're right. And I'm very unfortunately, I'm I, I can be pretty stingy with praise sometimes, and I'm not sure what causes that, but I'm probably well, sorry, i probably sorry, sorry to
0: interrupt. I, I again just to be annoyingly precise. It's not that you're stingy with praise, I don't think it crosses your mind. In in this particular area, right? Yeah, no, that's true, I think. You didn't say, if everybody feels as I do and we're just going to buy them later, in a week or two or whatever, how is that going to make Steph and... I'll just talk about myself. How is that going to make Steph feel if he launches all of these T-shirts and nobody buys them?
4: Right, yeah. No, I I get that. Well, it's it's exactly the same way that I felt. Um, I have this... um, recurring pattern in my life where I get super interested in something and then lose uh, enthusiasm for it. And I'm always thinking about
0: that when I do new podcasts, I'm like, God damn it. How am I going to keep this guy's interest? He's like ADHD central. No, I'm kidding. Go on.
4: (laughs) No, but it's you know, it's, it's the, uh, I don't know how many new hobbies I picked up and dropped within a month when I was a kid. I mean, dozens and each one was going to be the next best thing. And, uh, and so I know what that's like to be enthusiastic about something, and then to pour that enthusiasm into just a black hole.
0: Well, but From this is sense. no, but this is a little different, though, because um, this is a little different because this is something that you now. But sorry, maybe I should maybe I shouldn't say that. What what was it that did you did you just lose interest in your hobbies, or was there something else that caused you to abandon them?
3: Well,
4: I think I mean looking back at it, I, I think it was just the thing where my parents made a show of you know, you can, you can do anything you want and we'll buy you, you know, a new this or that to go with your new interest. But that was it. I mean, it was the, they made it materially possible for me to pursue that interest, but that was literally the end of the, the, um, I guess, mirroring of my enthusiasm from them.
0: Right. So it. they, they wouldn't take any interest. You, you get a wood burning kit, you lose two fingers producing an ashtray. They don't even take a look at the ashtray, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, there may have been some, like, token, oh, that's a very good job that you did on that thing. But it was just, you know, it wasn't, um, it always felt like I was, I mean, I did most of my learning and most of my developing in a vacuum as a kid, I think. I mean, it was literally, I'm I'm very used to self-teaching everything. And if I didn't, if I wasn't able to generate sufficient interest in it myself, it was very difficult for me to stay with anything.
0: Right, so what happened is, as a defense mechanism, and this would be as common for everybody, and nothing's in particular to you, though this is not to downgrade what you felt, your defense mechanism is to render yourself unable to feel disappointment at other people's lack of interest, right? Right. And I think that's very common in this listenership. Right, And 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 I think that's very common as a whole, except for, you know, crazy people, right, which we're not, <laughs> but you then... Uh, as a defense mechanism said, fine. When I want something, when I want somebody to show interest, I am uh, hurt, I am uh, rejected, I am ignored, I am minimized. That's really painful, so why would I want to keep beating my head against that wall? I am no longer going to feel disappointment. I am no longer going to empathize with my own experience of being rejected and being disappointed when I'm enthusiastic.
4: Yeah, and I'm also going to stop trying new things for the most part. I mean, I that uh, that run of trying new things over and over and over again has really sort of dried up in my in the last say decade of my life or something. I've just kind of homed in on the few things that I know I like right now, and I, I pursue very few new interests. I mean, this whole Libertarianism into um, the FDR conversation is about the only new interest that I've had in the last probably six years. I would say.
0: Well, and your business. Well, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Remember, I well, quit my career to start my own business. Yeah,
4: well, that's that's come in response to the FDR
6: conversation. Though, I think. So,
0: right, right. Um, so, so, so when the T-shirts come out, it's not possible. And again, this is not a criticism. I, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. Right. It's not a possible or default position for you to say, how's my buddy Steph going to feel if nobody buys his T-shirts? Right. Now, I'm not saying that anybody should buy the T-shirts just based on what I feel, right? I mean, it's that, not like, well, in order to, I don't want to manipulate people, right? And to say, well, but, but it's like, how is Steph going to judge people's experience to this conversation if nobody wants to buy a T-shirt?
4: Yeah, and when I when I first opened up that uh, that thread on the uh, the FDR swag shop, um, I remember the feeling, and I've gotten this feeling many times. I mean, I I troll the boards quite a bit. I have, I think, just about every forum set up to automatically email me when there's a new um, a new post.
0: I'd certainly like to apologize for filling your inbox. Sorry, go on. No, there's a filter that (laughs) throws
4: it all off into its own folder, so (laughs) it's not in my inbox. But anyway, the, um, I, I frequently will go into these threads and then kind of say, oh, I'll come back and talk, talk later on this one. And of course, <laughs> since there's literally like hundreds of these every day, a lot of them I don't get back to. But this one, I, I distinctly remember going into this one and thinking, I should do something about this, but then I put it off long enough for it to sort of leave my you know, immediate attention.
0: Right, and that's because your immediate attention was on yourself, right? Which, again, I, I would say that your immediate attention should be, to some degree, you know, my friend is selling this stuff and, and you know, obviously he's not making any money from it, but your, your, your focus should be on the people who could see the t shirt Right, right, and that—that's you know the god of atheists is sort of this thing at the end. I'm not giving anything away. See, so you've got to get into something that's bigger than just your own needs, right? That—that's meaning, right? Meaning is not just what we want in the moment, and I'm not accusing you of that or anything like that. But meaning is when we have something that aligns our energies in a big, massive, meaty, beautiful goal, mm-hmm. right? So when you say, "Oh, wow, I could be a billboard for this conversation," and the shirts look comfortable, right? Right. So it's about the people who are going to see these T-shirts or hoodies or caps or whatever. Right. That's the people you should be thinking of. So you say, okay, well, I'm going to order it in a week. Then you can say that seven days that 50 people aren't going to see this T-shirt. Right. Do, do, I mean, I, again, I'm not trying to manipulate anyone. Well, I, you know, I, it's just that. I crazy. do already
4: feel like, uh, remember that scene in the Blues Brothers movie where they have that humongous speaker on top of the, <laughs> the Blues Mobile? Uh, we're on a mission I from do, God, I, yeah. I, I do kind of feel like that sometimes because I, I literally, everyone who knows me knows about Freedom main Radio. I mean, there's no one who I know, you know, any more than just a really, really kind of minor acquaintance that doesn't know about this.
0: So you're done with your people you know, right? Pretty much, I think I've exhausted that, yeah. (laughs) Right, and exhausted is probably a very good word. So so you're done with that, right? And this is sort of all about the next thing, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. And I've been wondering about that too. And the the other thing that I mentioned in that thread where I was talking about this was the fact that I still haven't reviewed your UPV book.
0: And oh, and tell me if there's a typo. I, I'm sorry, but just give me the typo. I'll fix it. I mean, I just didn't even... I may have read it so many times I don't see it, but just you know, give me the typo and I'll fix it, right? But then again, see, there's your fear of putting out something that's not perfect, right? Now, the issue is, right. of course, not so much that you're afraid of putting out something that's imperfect. God knows we all are, right? I mean, I, I thought I'd maybe gotten away with UPB, no typos. It turns out there are two little ones. but But mm-hmm. the key thing is, of course, that... You're not alone, right? So there's lots of people on the board who would be more than happy to uh, to review your review before it goes out, right?
4: <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, I never even thought of that.
0: Like you, you're, you're not sitting here uh, uh, on the Mir space station alone, totally cut off, <laughs> drifting in deep space, saying, oh, my God, I have to post a review, right? So there's a reason why that, 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 that's more than just the – because when I say it, that's obvious, right? Like you have to proofread your own stuff. God knows I don't. Yeah.
4: But now, see understand that that's that's a very new concept to me though. I mean
0: this whole But it wouldn't be sorry, sorry to inter- I'm so so sorry to interrupt you. It wouldn't be if you were totally lashed to the mask the mast, sorry, of getting this conversation out. And again, this could be anything that you're into, but we'll just talk about this this philosophy of this conversation. Yeah. If you were totally committed and this doesn't mean twenty four seven, right, but if you just had in your decision point something called whatever it takes to get this conversation out, if that was your octane, right, you would have figured out that you could ask someone to read your stuff, right? I I guarantee you, because you're a a scintillatingly intelligent fellow, right? And it's totally obvious when you think about it. But because you have an option called later, maybe, someday, whatever, whatever, right? It doesn't get you out of your comfort zone to the point where you get the obvious thoughts, because you hit a kind of inertia, right?
4: Yeah, the inertia is huge. I mean, it's it's that whole uh the the 911 podcast with the uh enslaving thing. That one really resonated with me a lot.
0: Right. Right. So how do we combat inertia? We can't combat inertia with willpower, right? Cuz by the time we've hit inertia, our willpower is <laughs> piss poor to begin with, right? So we can't right? You can't will your car into motion, right? But, but the way that we combat inertia is with reference to larger goals, right? Yeah. I mean, this all, I've got some notes about the procrastination video, which I promise I'll get to this week, but, but <laughs> this is, uh, like, how do we overcome this, how do we, how do we stay creative? Well, we stay creative by breaking our own habits, right? Yeah. By getting out of our own comfort zones, by putting out stuff that's dangerously alluring, right? And that means, when you come to a decision point, like, do I buy a t-shirt, do I post a review of a book, and you say, well, ref- uh, re- relative to my big goals, how do I prioritize these things, Right. Yeah. right so if my big goal is like I'm going to do whatever I can within <laughs> reason to con- you know to get this conversation out to people then clearly I have to get this review out by t- the end of the week or tomorrow or whatever right right and then you say okay well now I'm paranoid about being spell checked. and then what happens to you and God knows it happens to me too right so but what happens to you is you say well that fear of putting out something erroneous is going to push off my deadline right yeah so that's where the fear ends up turning your imminent activity into a never-to-be-completed-in-this-universe kind of thing, right? right? Whereas if you don't move the goalposts, if you say, well, I'm really terrified about getting this, this uh, uh, review out with an error, but i still got to get it done by tomorrow, that's when your creativity kicks in. That's when your true self gets activated. That's when we break our habits. Does, does that make sense?
4: Absolutely. And in fact, in, in the past when I... have force myself up against deadlines, that's when I always produce just amazing stuff. And it's, um, and usually uh, this is a funny thing about me and procrastination is that I don't know if there's ever been a time in my life when procrastination has actually hurt me because I, I mean hurt me as far as the performance of what I was doing comes in because so many times I have literally pushed deadlines up until the 11th and a half hour and I produce something that gets like an A grade or something like that, and it's always been oh wonderful this, wonderful that, and it drives me crazy because just once I would like for it to blow up in my face so I can learn not to do that. Well, but it never uh, seems to blow.
0: Up. Well, and sorry to interrupt you, but you said it's never hurt you, right? Now, why would I not be able right, to? Right, but now to it's hurting. It's
4: hurting you though, right? Yeah, it hurts <laughs> me, right?
0: It hurts yeah, me, and
4: that's that's something that I need to focus on, I think. Is... And it
0: doesn't just hurt me, right? I mean, it hurts, like, if you 50 people had seen this t-shirt, or you know, 50 people had read this review, right, then one person might have gone to the website, listened to the podcast, or bought a book. Maybe, maybe, right? Now, what does that put? Five bucks into my pocket, what do I care, right? But, what that matters, or what matters about that, is that that person could be, could be the person who's 20 years old, who we passed the torch to. Could be! We don't know, right. right? Could be the guy who's got $50 million in a trust fund who's just yearning burning to do something meaningful with his life. Looking right? to blow it on something, yeah. Yeah, looking to blow it on something, right? And give me the biggest freaking toupee on the planet, like an Afro the size of the <laughs> Sky Dome, right? Or, or it could be uh, someone who's in the media, right? Who's like, wow, this crazy Canuck has you know, got some magic juice that we should get a hold of. Or it could be somebody who's in the book reviewing industry, who's like, I want to republish The God of It. It could be. You, you, you don't know. Or it could just be someone who is uh, going to have kids next year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or it could be somebody who is the most socially networked guy you can imagine with 5,000 emails that, are, that have you know, great cachet to his listeners. It could be somebody who writes a newsletter. It could be, it, you just you don't know who is going to see it and what that might do, right? But you do know that without the T-shirt, that's not going to happen, right? Right. So it doesn't hurt you to procrastinate in this area, except in the long term, right? In that we want to do what we can, again, not 24-7 because we've got lives to live. Well, you guys do. But, but um, we want to do what we can to make the world as healthy. Of course, that's going to be satisfying. And of course, that's going to mean our kids grow up in a healthier world. And of course, that's going to mean that we can take great pride in what it is that we're doing. But it has to. But all of that is so far in the future. It, it, it's like floss now, so that you'll have a good-looking teeth in your skull, right? I mean, when you're dead, that doesn't mean anything. But but what it means now is having something which we are willing to throw our ego under the bus to get to.
4: Right. And you know, looking back a few, uh, well, about a half a year, I guess, to the the time when I was really revving up the engines to do this, uh, leaving my old uh, career to start my own business and all that stuff, and, and the process of writing that letter to the previous employer who uh, uh, owed the me money 90? and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and all of that, there was a string of time when the procrastination was just blasted out of me, and I was I would think of something and I would do it, I'd think of something and I would do it, and recently that... As I've lost that momentum, and the old uh, procrastination's coming back.
0: So. Well, everyone does. Everyone has, So that's why I put out 920, because everybody is really communicating to me very clearly. Uh, I don't know what yeah. to do next. I'm stuck, right? right? And, and because they're stuck and it's not conscious, they're going to leave me stuck, right?
4: Oh, it's been conscious for me, actually, because when, when I started listening to that, uh, that podcast, I was like, oh, sweet, he's, he's, he's getting to this because I, I need this bad so.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, now now that we've got our own personal lives in order, and your personal life is, you know, compared to a couple of years ago, is is in good shape, and mine, according to Christina's report card, is okay. <laughs> still a lot of bees, but that's mostly around personal hygiene. But uh, actually, bees, I'd be happy to get. But um, uh, but but now that our personal lives are in order, and we're kind of aligned, and we're doing what we want, and we've got the bad people out of our lives, it's like, well, now what? Well now we have to save the world, right? Now, now, oh, next check personal life in order. Check uh, D food. Check got rid of the bad people. Next, save the world. Okay, get your fucking cape because we're doing it.
4: <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. So are, are, are the tapes on the uh, t-shirt shop?
0: Don't make me come over there, man. I will. <laughs> One more <laughs> complaint about these goddamn t-shirts. Sorry. I to go to <laughs> Could <laughs> I get this cape in red? Oh, my great pounding nose <laughs> Just kidding. Right, but no, we, we, have, to, we have to go out in front and center and brave all of the telescopic laser sights of the cynics and the relativists and the Ron Paul fans and all the other people, right? We just have to go there, throw our arms wide and say, shoot, I'll survive. Pull the trigger, I'll fly. Throw me off a cliff, I'll float.
4: When they're looking at me through their rifle scopes, I just need to grab my crotch and sneer, right?
0: Yeah, pull a Michael Jackson, do whatever it is you like, break dance. I mean, but, but we have to go out there and say, I don't care if this sounds like a complete crazy pile of batshit, this is a great conversation and people should be listening to this, and they should get into this. And this has credibility, and this works, and this changes people's lives. And I know that this has been said a million times before, and I know there's a million and one charlatans out there pissing in the river, but there's one clear stream that gets you places. And this conversation, which is not a new conversation, it is an expanded conversation using, using age-old tools of reason and science and evidence, this conversation will do it. And we just got to go out there and keep saying that and keep saying that. And cold calling, if you like, call it what it is that you want. But that's about willing the world to a better place because all the crazy people in the world have all the motivation that we don't. And that just means they'll win. And we don't even need that much motivation because the reason that Christian parents have to send their kids to Sunday school for nine million years is because Christianity is badass, stupid, crazy nonsense. So we have a little current that we're swimming with called the truth, right? And that means that we don't have to swim that hard. That's why I don't say to people, I need 10% of your income and you send me the heart and valve of your grandmother and so on, right? That's why I say, you know, we can do it with little things. We can do it. Order some books for someone, you know, write a book review, uh, uh, just get people into this conversation. You don't have to pound doors. We're not Jehovah's Witnesses selling nonsense. We happen to have a little thing called truth and reality on our side, which means we're swimming with the current. But that doesn't mean we don't have to paddle at all, (laughs) that's sort of what I'm saying, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I get, yeah. You know, it's funny, I I used to have these conversations, oh, I still do sometimes, I have these conversations with my friends that we see successful people who, (laughs) for all intents and purposes, shouldn't be successful. And I say, "Doesn't this moron know he should be failing, but he's succeeding? you know And here I, you know here I am trying to figure out how to succeed and and I'm not taking lessons from the moron who's succeeding.
0: Right, right. I mean why why should crazy people have time on cable and and we don't right? I mean it, right. <laughs> it just doesn't it just fundamentally doesn't make any sense, except for the fact that they're working harder than we are, right? right. I mean, they're working harder. They're, they're working harder, and so they're going to win. And there's no mystery to this. There's no magic sauce, right? I mean, other than the fact that we've worked damn hard to make sure that we, we're right, right? I mean, and, and, and that's a collective endeavor, right? I mean, I've been thrashing out, but people have been watching my back and pointing me in better directions, and it's been a mutual effort. So we've put a hell of a lot of work, and, and that's been for me, too. Like, I didn't come to this conversation with everything sorted out, right? But, but we've now spent two years pounding our heads into this (laughs) brick wall of truth, and we've got a nice human-shaped dent that works. And uh, that's why uh, we get installed, because it's like, yeah, I got it, I got it, I'm living my life by it, it works, philosophy is valuable, it's bringing me happiness, it's uh, scary as hell, but it's worth it. And now we just have to go and, you know, put on the tights and (laughs) go save the world, because there's not much point us taking it with us to the grave, right?
1: Right.
4: No, I don't want to. I want to, uh, I want to get this out there. I mean, I, when I got done reading or listening to The God of Atheists, I mean, I, I was freaking juiced, you know? Like, I sent you that dough and said, here, go do something with this. And again, that was probably me just trying to pawn off the work of doing it to you.
0: No, and that's but. great. That's great. Look, I mean, uh, this is the, the the donations are great ways to do it. Like you know, when people say, "I buy a T-shirt, I never donate again," right? I mean, because you know, a buck isn't gonna is <laughs> gonna help me eat. So the donations are great, and I don't mean to diminish any of that. But the donations are having me do it, right? Right, and and that's great. I, I love doing it. Don't get me wrong, but I want you to have the satisfaction of doing it, right?
2: Yeah.
4: And, well, and also, I mean, having a third party show enthusiasm about it, is going to get the word out 20 times faster, too.
0: Oh, sure. I mean, if, if five Instead different if people go to a Yahoo your... group on anarchism and talk about this this conversation, that's good, right? I mean, that's a lot better than, hi, I'm Steph, uh, come to my show. Right? I mean, that's, you know, not quite as as credible, right? Right, right. Okay. There well, was, sorry, there was, uh... sorry, there was a guy talking earlier just about how you're staring at the... Um, I'm just, just to do the good internet thing, right? Uh, HTTP <laughs> colon forward slash forward slash, slash 149822.spreadshirt.com forward slash US forward slash US forward slash shop. Sorry that that is a horrible URL. Uh, we're going to upgrade it as soon as we uh, can, but that's where we're at now. Um, but you other thing of staring at this, this T-shirt... Right. And I think the T-shirts are good myself. And we, we uh, Greg and I spent quite a bit of time brainstorming over taglines, which are hellishly difficult to do. All right. Freedom Main radio. There is no tagline for philosophy. I mean, that was we just couldn't come up with anything good. Um, well, you know, I think I
4: came up with a good one.
0: Oh, good. Now we've it's, got T-shirts going. Uh,
4: so if there's a, you know, moral philosophy is they've tried basing it on religion and the government. And I was thinking, this is like moral philosophy version 3.0. So I'd like to put to put on my T-shirt. I'm gonna try um, proud beta tester of moral philosophy version 3.0. How's that? <laughs> that's very good.
0: That's very good. Note: version one and two are viruses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think that's good. I think that's. But this guy was staring at and and it says on the front, "Free Domain Radio," which is logic of personal political liberty, and on the back, it's "Take the Red Pill," FreeDomainRadio.com, which I think is pretty good because it's a reference that that the young folks will get, and uh, that's important. But, but he's saying, I'm standing at the, uh, the, the store thinking of ordering a T-shirt, and I'm terrified, right? And, and it is terrifying, because how often in life are we punished for showing enthusiasm when we're not around already insane people, right? So you can be an enthusiastic, speaking in tongues, spitting snake venom woman at a Baptist church, but they're all crazy, so you can be enthusiastic there. But how often are you around rational people where you can be enthusiastic and not get eye-rolling and sighing and, oh, Lord, you know, whatever, right? The, the, that's very hard. To be both rational and enthusiastic is something, I think, that's been kind of missing because there's this Buddhist, spaced-out, head-in-the-clouds, Socratic nonsense, right, which is associated with philosophy, but mad, rank, joy, and enthusiasm with regards to philosophy is something that's kind of a bit of the alchemical mix that's, that's not been present. Uh, and And putting it on your body and saying... <laughs> You know, I, uh, uh, I'd i love to do the tattoos, but unfortunately I came down against them. Um, but um, putting it on your body and having people talk to you about it is, it's scary, right? I mean, uh, and uh, it's just uh, something that, that's well worth doing, right? Because it'll feel great. And as I say, you know, I tried to sort of put the tease out there to say, well, you're wearing a T-shirt. There's going to be some other listener at your university, guaranteed. Guaranteed there'll be some other listener at your university, and hopefully they won't be crazy stalker guy. I don't think they will be. They should be a very pleasant and positive individual. But, uh, but that's not enough for people, right? So I knew that even because everybody's saying, oh, I wish I could meet other listeners, right? Well, the T-shirt is the way to do it, right? I mean, <laughs> to sort of put it in a silly way. And that's not enough. And that's when I know that people are stuck. And that's when I know that I need to point the efficacy that has occurred within our own lives. We, we need to now point this at the world. And walk forward with the confidence of having put it through the ringer of our own lab, our own reason, and our own lives. Can I get an amen? Amen, brother. Testify.
4: See, we got to use those uh, those tricks of the, the bad guys. Absolutely,
0: I'll uh, I'll come in in Miami like, uh, like John Belushi in uh, coming into uh, uh, into um, uh, that ch- church uh, with James Brown right, at the right. front. You know, with that that flips that he does. I'll I'll be working on that. I'll probably only get about one done, and then I'll be in traction. But the enthusiasm will be there.
4: Cool. Hey, thanks again. I'm gonna, I'll listen to this probably twice because I think there's a lot in this one for me. So.
0: Okay. Well, thanks, thanks so time. much. I appreciate that. And uh, certainly uh, anybody else who wants to come up and talk about Apparel uh, or anything else is, is more than welcome. Yeah, I
6: had uh, uh, kind of a follow-up question on uh, two callers ago. Okay. Uh, who was the two callers ago? Um, it was talking about the uh, conversation on the forum about um, tweaking the uh, DFU process. So, I sent my defu email to my parents a couple of weeks ago and where I'm, you know, I did not do, you know, uh, what you were saying with with him you know really beat your head against the wall to, in a real time relationship way and and to really get where they're coming from so i guess my question is um, you know since my dfu letter said basically you know i'll get back to you when i'm um, when i feel i'm ready could i not or would it be not advisable to go back and 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 kind of start that that process or, or go or do the tweak kind of thing
0: well, uh, if there are other people in your life that you can do it with, and I remember you talking about siblings, that would probably be a better place to start.
6: Okay, and why, why is that?
0: Well, if you say to people, um, you know, if you say to your wife, I'm leaving you, right, and you go storming out and so on, and then you come back three hours later, so to speak, then it's not easy to do it again. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you, you won't have credibility. Uh, in the future, right, and and of course, if uh, and of course, with with no with knowledge of your history, right, there can't be any conceivable possible positive relationships with your parents. So I, I wouldn't do it now and then not have credibility later. But I'm sure that there are people in your life that it's hard to be vulnerable and honest with. Would that be fairly correct?
6: Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be fair.
0: Yeah, so I, I would I would work that angle. Uh, myself and and again this is just a theory right this, this came out of this this basic observation that i had or this basic thing that i was noticing that people were taking a lot of what i hope and think was good advice particularly on truth but not one person had come back having talked to their parents about ethics asked that question about ethics right and i was concerned a little bit about this possibility that people were just saying well i don't like my parents so i'm going to get rid of them and of course i'm not saying that you shouldn't but you want to get rid of them in a way that is going to keep your future clear of any similarities. And we all have a lot of habits with our family. And so talking about it with Christina and going over our own situations where we didn't have that same thing occur, uh, I think it had a lot to do with that. Just keep going in, in being vulnerable, uh, with, with parents, however scary it is. So, but y- you don't have to do it with your parents because you have other people in your life that you can take that approach with. And that would, that would be my suggestion. Of course, it's up to you.
6: Right. And I, I think I did kind of do that to some degree with one of my brothers and that I, I did the, real-time relationship thing and said, well, what you said made me feel like this, and basically didn't get much of a response in terms of being concerned about what was going on with me at the time.
0: Right, but what happened after that, and I'm sorry if we mentioned this before, but what, so if you do that one thing where you say this is what you feel and you get the sort of howling wasteland of tumbleweeds of nothing coming back, what, what happens then for you?
5: Um...
6: I, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, this was a few weeks ago, so I, I'm, I don't remember the exact specifics, but uh, I, I went for a while on, on how I was feeling about what he was, how he was talking with me, and it just didn't really seem to go anywhere.
0: Well, and did you experience frustration that it wasn't going anywhere?
6: Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. And did you say, I now feel frustrated because this isn't going anywhere? No, I guess I didn't. See, when you can't remember the end of the conversation, that's because you back... And look, we all do this. Please don't... I mean, I never want to put myself as some sort of like, ah, oh, I have mastered this in every dimension, right? But, but when you can't remember the end of the conversation, it's because you backed away from being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because then, then, then he's going to get irritated, and then you're going to say, well, now I feel kind of nervous because you're irritated. Like, you, just that relentless honesty, the biofeedback. You know, it's incredible how many of us go through life getting no feedback from other people, like no genuine feedback from other people about what it's like to be in our company. Now, I know I do, and particularly since I've started doing this, but, uh, but it's amazing, right, just, just how your brother has probably never had anybody say, this is my experience emotionally of interacting with you.
6: Yeah, you know it's kind of interesting. in, in the the first time that it happened in my conversation with him, this four and a half hour conversation I had with him, is is he asked me a question that I that struck me as genuine, as him being genuinely curious about something pretty deep. And I, I kind of, was really kind of happily surprised. And I and I told him how, how pleased I was, how great I felt about uh, how impressed I was at, at, at that question, how curious he was, and how happy I was that he was really curious. And his response was was kind of negative, and I was that that's what kind of got all this started. And we went off on this tangent because I, I was being really, I had a real positive reaction to one of the things he said, and I expressed that.
0: And did he and then he say, back, "So what you're saying is, I never do this"?
6: No, he said uh, he just kind of got annoyed at me, like uh, like I was trying to avoid the question that he asked that I I was really pleased at. You
0: know, Right, right, right. right. So he, had, so he had an agenda, and your feelings were an inconvenience to him, right? I guess, yeah. Like, he, Sorry, that's not very clear, but what I mean is he wanted a question answered. Your feelings arose, and your feelings were considered to be an interruption to him in his achievement of his goal, right?
6: It was either that or, or he really wasn't curious. And I think that's probably what it was.
0: Well, the two are the same thing, right? And what I mean by that is when... Uh, we, we've all had this, right? Like if if you're running... If you have kids, right? And, and you're running late and your kid is upset about something and bursts into tears, there's always a part of us that is like, oh, God, just... We've got to go, right? Like I, 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 we've got to get to X. We've got to go get you to the Gymboree or we've got to get you to whatever, right? And so the, the when you've got a goal... And you're in, in, in uh, an interaction with somebody, their emotions so often come across as an interruption to the goal, right? I've got to get X, I, so your brother's like, I want to get an answer to this question. Why is he talking about his feelings? But the goal is the emotional interaction, right? The goal is, as E.M. Forster said, only connect. With each other, only connect with each other. The goal is emotional intimacy, not getting your child to Jimboree, not getting an answer to your question, not um, uh, getting to, to watch the TV program, not this, not that. Not the, the goal is connecting with each other because intimacy comes through honesty and reality, right? We can only meet in reality, we cannot meet in fantasy, it only divides us. And so, but we, we experience what you experience continually. That someone's got a goal, they got an agenda. And my brother would be like, mom's here for lunch. And I'd be like, oh man, I really don't want to go. right?" And his goal was to get me down to have lunch with my mom, with him. So he didn't have to do it alone. So my feelings of reticence and hesitation were just inconvenient things to talk me out of so that we could get to the goal of having lunch with my mom when i stopped seeing my mom his goal was not to say what's going on for you his goal was to use whatever manipulative trick he could to get me to start seeing mom again right so he say oh i had a great time with mom i had a, you know it was wonderful we had so much fun trying to make me feel like i was being excluded from some monster fun situation and I said, well, I'm so relieved about that because I was feeling guilty about not being there. But if you're having a great time, I feel a lot better. And he got mad, right? Because the goal is not to understand how I'm feeling, but to get me to do X. And again, I don't want to lay all this on your conversation with your brother. I'm just sort of saying that it's really, really important that we're sensitive to what happens when our emotions are considered to be something that is in the way of another person's goal. Because their goal should be to understand us and for us understand them and so on.
6: No, that that makes sense because I mean I was quite taken aback because I was praising him and he he, he got annoyed you know right it wasn't right. like I was saying that oh I, I you know, what you just said make me makes made me feel angry you know it was like what you just said made me feel really happy and then he got annoyed so yeah I mean I think. That got in the way of his agenda.
0: Well, and it, again, I, I'm not trying to sort of analyze your brother from a distance, but it could also well be the case that he uses praise as manipulation. So when he gets praised, he experiences it as manipulation. Uh, that's, that's interesting, yeah. Now, you see, when we manipulate others genuine emotion becomes a threat on two levels one is that we fake it to manipulate others and the other is that if, if it is genuine manipulation sorry if it is genuine emotion our manipulations will become very clear very quickly to the other person so it's something that we need to irritate get irritated about move on bypass just you know step over the body nothing to see here folks if that makes any sense All right So yeah, I, I mean, the real-time relationship, I don't think it's good to go back and try and reopen old relationships uh, or relationships that you're taking a break from, but the relationships that you currently have, I mean, if you're not uh, defuged yet and it's not a dangerous thing to do, then I strongly recommend just staying in that relationship until you get to the core. And I'll do a podcast at least about the core that I got to uh, a little bit uh, later this week, But because I don't want to color other people's perspective. I just want to sit with the idea for a bit. But But you can do that real-time relationship, and I guarantee you you sit with the real-time relationship, you will never, ever, for the rest of your life, forget how that conversation ends up. Because the moment we can't forget, it's because we spaced out and we, we gave up our um, our territory in the relationship and surrendered it to other people's preferences. Was there anything else that you wanted to, to add or, or mention? Is is Was no. it helpful? Was there anything else that you yes. want to talk about? No. Okay. Well, thanks so much, and do keep us posted. I mean, it's uh, magnificent, and I don't want people to think, uh, "Oh man, now I've done the wrong thing." I mean, that's it, not the issue. It's just it's a minor tweak. It's something that's still uh, uh, open to to question. It's not. I mean, it's just a, it's a theory. It's a possibility, right? To to make. Uh, if the experience is uh, if what is is going on as a defu to make it stick right to, to, so so you don't end up reproducing it and have to go through one or two other relationships before you get it right so this just trying to find a way to make it more efficient it's not proven it may not be possible it's just a thought right so um so you know whoever wants to be the guinea pig uh we'll all applaud you from from safety so um uh, <laughs> thanks so much i'm certainly happy to chat to the next person who a question or comment Nobody? Okay, we can uh, put it out once or twice, uh, one or twice call more. Otherwise, we shall shut ourselves down for this uh, Sunday, the 25th of November. Going once, going
3: twice. Hey, wait. Oh, oh, uh, oh. oh no, I don't want to delay you too long. I, I just had a question. Last Colins show, you said something about pe- teachers who don't think they can teach very well um, will give students the answer. Right. And I, I think I do that a lot because, well, I, 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 I justify by saying I'm just trying to be efficient. But that's not being efficient if, if I'm wanting to teach somebody, obviously.
0: Right. Well, what is your goal when you're um, trying to communicate something to someone? Is it for them to get the answer or, or is it for them to learn how to think? Both. Well, no, it can't be both.
3: Oh, um, well, I want them to get the answer on their own by thinking.
0: So then you don't give them the answer.
3: Well, no, I do the opposite because uh, I I don't have... I, I guess I get impatient and, and I don't know how to get them to the answer by not giving them the answer.
0: Right. And, and that's what I mean when I say that, you, I mean, you lack certain skills... About how to elicit answers in other people. And again, it's nothing I'm perfect at or anything, God knows. But, but um, if you lack the skills about how to lead people to the answer so they get the aha moment, that's fine, right? Then you just need to stop talking with people about answers until you figure that out.
3: Until I figure out how to get them to the answer.
0: Right. Like, did, I mean, if I'm teaching people how to drive and everybody I teach, fails the driving test, I need to stop teaching people how to drive until I can figure out how to get them to pass, right? Right. So what that means is that you have an ego investment in getting people to learn, quote, learn something, right? Which is not about their best interest. It's something that you get off on, so to speak. Right.
3: So what's the it's called a
0: secondary gain or whatever, but what's the what's the gain for you? In giving people the answer, how does it make you feel?
3: well it it like it makes me feel like superior for a minute, but then I realize I've really not gotten anywhere <laughs> i i guess i I realize much I, it's not even right then that I realized that it's It's much later, and that seems to be what that, that seems to be how it just how it always
0: turns out. So, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Okay, no, I, I do understand that. And I would guess that what may be lacking for you is a sense of how other people on the board are viewing you with regards to humility, right? This, I can just run through this relatively quickly, right? Because you've been in the midst of your own emotional turmoil, it's hard to see how that looks as an arc from the outside, right? And it's, it's very hard for us to um, uh, to get this, right? To, to how we look from other people, particularly around accumulated experiences, right? So just to run through it very briefly, and this does sort of tie into to what it is, I think, that you're asking, both in this and in the last when you called in earlier in the show. So for instance, if you were to give somebody relationship advice, how do you think, who'd been on the board for, say, a year, uh, how do you think that would be perceived? Uh, kind of um,
3: hypocritical, I guess.
0: <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, whoever's typing, it's really annoying. Please stop typing or turn your mic off. Um, well, I'm not necessarily saying that it would be hypocritical, because if you were giving people relationship advice, at the moment, and you did this a little bit after, and we talked about that, right? You did this a little bit after your breakup with your fiancé, right? And I just had to say, look, now is not the time to be giving people relationship advice. If you did that, I don't think that people would automatically think that you were hypocritical. What they would be baffled by is your perception or your understanding of how you were perceived at that moment. Does that, does that make any sense? Um, no, no. Sorry, I, I'm not putting it very well. Um, if I uh, weigh three hundred and fifty pounds, right, and I come in and say, "Here's how to lose weight," how would you experience that? I would not believe you. Well, and and sure, but but it would be kind of weird, right? Right. I don't because know because there would be such would there would be such a so. big glaring problem that I was giving advice that. Obviously, as I talked about in the tennis anyone, either I had been unable to follow or I had followed it and it had been bad. But either way, there was a problem with my advice. And the first thing that you'd want to say is, but if you know how to lose weight, why are you 350 pounds, right? Right. But if I did come in and lecture you on how to lose weight, it would be very hard to say to me, but wait a minute, you're 350 pounds. What are you doing, right? Do you understand Like that would be a tough thing to say to someone?
3: Exactly.
0: But why would it be tough?
3: Why would it be tough to say?
0: Yeah.
3: I'm not clear on that question. What is that in reference? Which which party is that (laughs) reference?
0: If you were in the audience and the 350 pound guy comes in and tells you how to lose weight, why would it be tough to say? But but you're 350, like the obvious thing, you're 350 pounds. How is it that you get to tell anyone how to lose weight?
3: Oh, boy. Uh,
0: I know it would be tough. I don't know why. Well, um, what's the feeling that would make it tough? I guess I'd be afraid to tell. Like fear, I guess. And what would the fear be of? Uh, how he might respond? No, you wouldn't have fear of how he might respond. You would have curiosity about how he might respond. You would have fear because you would know a response would be a certain thing.
3: he I'd
0: be afraid that he'd be angry, for sure. Well, you'd, you'd know he'd be angry, right? Right. Because the whole thing is a colossal mindfuck, right? If someone comes in at 350 pounds and say, here's how to lose weight. The whole thing is a fuck from the beginning, right? It's like a dare. It's like somebody's just putting something in front of you that just makes no sense, and they're asking you to ignore it. They're putting you in an impossible situation, right? Right. Right, okay, so um, I'm just going to run you through four Nate experiences, right, that people have had collectively. And then we'll we'll go back to the teaching thing, right? And I I say this just so that you see, and again, I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm just putting my my guess, guess guessing hat on, or whatever, right? So for, you come on with uh, with Megan, and uh, how did you describe Megan to people on the board? At first, yeah. How did you introduce? Uh, I just her? I just said she was
3: a great girl, you know, honest, reasonable, all that stuff.
0: Right. And uh, that didn't turn out to be the case, right? Right. It turned out to be the exact opposite. It turned out to be the exact opposite, right? And then uh, you came on with Rachel.
3: And I did the exact same thing.
0: And you did the exact same thing, right? And then uh, you came uh, after your uh, breakup. Uh, Well, first of all, you were giving relationship advice to people during the time that you were breaking up. Again, people didn't know that till afterwards, right? And right. then uh, you uh, you had the breakup, and then literally within a couple of days, you were giving relationship advice, right? Right. And then what happened was um, um, I put up with, <laughs> with that for a while, so to speak, and then you and I had the conversation about your capacity, your dark side, right? Right. So if okay. you want, right? So if you want to know. Why it can be tough uh, to 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 uh, why you want to get to the uh, sorry why it is you want to give people the answer rather than to lead them to the answer is because you don't have the credibility that will give people the patience to have you step them through something. Yet I'm not saying you won't. I'm just saying right now, right you ha- you don't have the credibility. And I'm just talking about the board, right? In, in your personal life, whatever your friends, maybe it's. I'm just talking about the board, right? You don't have the personal credibility because you have um, uh, put poor judgments out in the past and been unconscious of them, right? And also because you haven't had the feedback where you've said, my goodness, I have really led people astray here. I've put out false information, which I didn't know was false at the time, which is almost even worse, right, in terms of misleading people. You haven't gone through the process of being humble about the mistakes that you've made in terms of judgment. And the, and not just that you've made mistakes in judgment, that you've misled other people. And I'm not saying this to put you down. I'm just sort of, if you want to understand why you're impatient to give people the answer, it's because you have a, um, a credibility deficit, if that makes sense. And that's the price that we pay for error. And I am conscious of it all the time. And I make errors. So I'm not talking about like, oh, perfect or whatever, right? But the reason you want to get people to the, to, to, to the answer quickly is because you have not as yet dug yourself out of the credibility deficit on the board to the point where people are willing to have you lead them. Does that make? Because people followed you before in your descriptions of, of Rachel and your, your descriptions of Megan and your descriptions of how wonderful your, your, uh, your fiancé was and how great everything was and, and then how it was all her fault and, and she was bad and, and then it turns out that you are the older guy and you chose her. and do, I mean Do you see what I mean? People don't have, I'm guessing, they don't have the confidence to follow you in a protracted discussion where you're leading them because you've led them. Sort of metaphorically off a cliff a number of times before, does that make any sense i yeah, it makes perfect sense, so, so I just need to stop teaching <laughs> well, no, you need to rebuild your credibility, right I mean we all we, this happens to me too i I mean I apologize to people at least once a week uh for for mistakes I've made or 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 things I've misunderstood or whatever, right? It's just that you need to have the patience right because because th- th- weirdly enough, this is very similar to where we started this show in terms of Ron Paul. Because Ron Paul is an answer, and people don 't want to lead other people through the process. they just want to impose an answer called Ron Paul and it 's impatience right and, and fortunately it 's why it doesn 't work right the world doesn 't learn until it goes through it until it, until people feel enslaved they 're not going to try and be free right and Ron Paul is just this big band is a solution right so what you need to do is you need to recognize. Again, if other people disagree with me, just let me know. This is just my guess, right? You need to say, you need to have a rational assessment of the situation and say, well, if I wasn't me and I'd been listening to me in particular areas over the last year, what would I think in terms of trust and credibility? And obviously, because you had some issues from your childhood and you were acting out some stuff and you have the dark side which you were unconscious of, which we all do, you did things which lowered your credibility with other people, right? Right? Now, if you're aware of the fact that your credibility is in the negative, right? I don't think it's even zero, right? You got to work to get to zero, right? And that's just, it's a challenge, right? And you you, you would do this on the board because you want to be able to do this in your personal life, right? And so there would be a certain humility in approaching a particular question or problem, right? So if I've been right, sorry, if I've been wrong 10 times before with my math solutions... If I put forward my 11th math solution as, this one is right, it's going to irritate people, right? Because I'm clearly not processing that I've been wrong 10 times before, right?
3: Right, and this this may be a, <laughs> why people are irritated, or why certain people are irritated quite a bit, especially those that have been around a lot longer.
0: Well, sure, because you're, you're coming in saying, and again, this, I understand this, right? It's, it's, just, it's just feedback, right? You're coming in and you're saying, well, I believe, I think it's this, I think it's that. But I don't think that you've processed fully, right? I mean, I know you're working on it. I don't think that you've processed the fact that you have uh, misled people. Uh, Again, not evil guy, uh, oh, I'm going to mislead people, right? But you have misled people because of your own needs, right? The exploitation that we talked about, the dark side, not just with your girlfriends, with people on the board that you would present a particular portrait that satisfied your own needs at the time at the expense of other people's processing of reality, right? So when you say on the board, well, you know, Megan was great, and then she turned out to be really bad, but this woman is really great. It messes with right. heads, and, right? Yeah, they do the eye roll thing. Like, the, like in your book, you, I
3: think you said you had a line just like that.
0: Right, and so in a I, sense, I, sorry, in a sense, you're the fat guy, saying, here's how to lose weight. And, and if you're not conscious of the fact, if you don't come in and say, okay, look, the first thing we need to talk about is that I'm 350 pounds. Right? If, you're, if you're not coming in to a debate where you're telling people how to lose weight and saying, the first thing you say is, okay, look, I know that I walk in here and everybody's thinking, who is this guy to tell me how to lose weight? He weighs 350 pounds. Right? So the first thing I want to tell right. you is that I used to weigh 1,000 pounds. Now I'm down to 350 and I'm on my way to 190. Right? You need, so in terms of understanding how other people are perceiving you and addressing that up front, now it's their job to say, uh, you know, the reason I'm irritated and I don't know exactly why, it's because you seem to be kind of like not, you know, not with where I'm at. Like you don't have much credibility. Like you can have that conversation with people in the real time relationship paradigm. But the thing to do is to always try to, when you're communicating with another person, always try and put themselves in their shoes right that's why i'm so rigorous with never humiliating people right like i hope that you're not experiencing this as like oh steph is crushing my ego <laughs> once more and throwing no, it into the pit right no it's I, just... see, I see all this as
3: very very helpful because you know i know i have this dark side and i i'm still not conscious of all the little dark side things that i do I, but
0: I, well, what's I, it been I, three weeks come on of course you're not conscious i I'm still i'm still digging stuff up after years right so for sure right. but but and of course, it's because you have uh you know I think you have great capacity for this, right, uh, and that's why you know it's worth getting that kind of feedback right that that you have great capacity for for communication, you have great capacity for integrity and uh, but it's important just to 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 know I don't want you to sort of go through the board feeling baffled and confused that you're not getting the responses that you want. The first thing that you need to understand is that there are long-term consequences to what you did in terms of, and again, not did, like, boo aha, rub my mustache, be the evil guy, but there's long there are long-term consequences to what you did in terms of how people feel misled and mistrustful. And they don't feel mistrustful because it's like, Nate is an evil troll who lies to us about it. It's nothing like that. It's just like, Okay, so this guy's, you know, well meaning, he's smart, he's verbal, he's committed, he's intelligent, but there's something about him that goes a little off in terms of and sometimes way off in terms of credibility, right? And and so, you know, in terms of like who am I gonna listen to in the top five people I'm gonna trust implicitly, you're not gonna make that top five. I mean, guaranteed, right? And and maybe I don't even (laughs) sometimes too, but but i just don't want you to be confused about why it is that that you're not getting the results you want and so that you can understand your own desire to to provide people with an answer but what you need to do is to approach with the knowledge that particular pathologies within you have misled other people uh and and in sometimes in ways that are not good for them right it's like oh so you can just go from like you can just ditch your parents, and then go straight into a relationship, and then straight into another relationship, and have a great relationship. Like that doesn't make any sense. And Christina said you should wait at least six months to a year. But then he went and he's got this great fiance thing. So maybe Christina's wrong. Like your actions and 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 what how you have presented them have confused people, right? And I don't know that you've processed that, or, or if that makes sense. Uh, Fast up, if that makes sense.
3: No, I haven't. I I, I didn't process that. Particular aspect of it either. So just now. Well, sure, sure. I mean, uh, I feel really bad about that. I, I didn't, I didn't.
0: Yeah, I just. Oh man. Well, but yeah, you know, and and I, I mean, don't go off into the. Oh my God! I got to throw myself off a cliff now, right? But but the issue. It's just it's just looking at and saying actions have consequences. So if I am afraid uh, of being alone, if I'm afraid you of being alone. Hello? Did we just lose everyone? No, still cool. there. Can you hear me? No. Sorry. Oh, so wait, if, I'm, if I'm afraid of being alone and so I manufacture virtue in someone just so I can avoid being alone and then I broadcast that virtue in a group that is expressly devoted to rational virtuous philosophy and then it turns out that the woman I chose because I was afraid of being alone was not in fact virtuous, in fact was quite the opposite. There are consequences to that, right? And the consequences right. aren't a lynch mob... Uh, fortunately, we're all scattered. No, I mean, the, the consequences aren't a lynch mob, but there are consequences to uh, to using the board to satisfy your own or, or, or to appease your own fear of being alone. By you know, so you invent virtue, and and this is virtue. Look, everybody knew deep down, consciously or not, everybody knew that, uh, particularly Megan, and then even more particularly Rachel. Everybody knew this was a disaster, and nobody told you, right? And that's that's part of how you present it right so if you say to the guy wait a minute you're 350 pounds how is it that you get to teach me how to be thin and he says are you kidding me i'm i'm perfectly slender Ah. right so you know we all knew that this was not going to be good right and and you certainly christina told you (laughs) i told you that it was too soon and you're rushing and so on right uh but you were like no you guys are wrong she's really virtuous So now, when right. you talk about your knowledge and understanding of virtue, people are cautious, right? I'm not saying everybody says, "Oh my God, Nate's going to throw me off the cliff for his own neuroses or whatever," right? But but people are cautious, right? And so, if you come in and you say, "Now this time, I'm right," and with no knowledge of of the skepticism that people might have, then it is going to be annoying, right? You'd you'd of be annoyed course. by that, right?
3: Right, I would, and and. Um, I lost my train of thought.
0: Um, yeah, excellent, I win. I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding. So,
3: what, I need to rewind. Well, no. no the, the
0: last thing I'll say while you're sort of gathering your thoughts is that the lesson to get out of this is not I must be perfect, or I will never have credibility. I can't make a single mistake, or whatever, right? That That's not the less... Because that's just going to be another kind of rigidity, right? And that's going to paralyze right. you and it's going to rob from you the genuine pleasure that you take in discussing these ideas on the board and with other people, right? You don't want to deny yourself that pleasure. But the key thing is that everybody processes everything and unfortunately the person who needs to process it the most, the person who's doing it, is usually the last. And that's true of all of us and so on, right? But, But... Um the, the the important thing is to say I can make mistakes. My mistakes have an effect on other people and I need to respect and empathize with the effects that my mistakes have on other people. I have a a complete Ron Paul apology speech already worked out. I'm telling you, I'm I'm absolutely serious about I have a complete oh my god, I was so wrong, I can't even tell you about Ron Paul. I don't think I'm wrong. And certainly <laughs> This last week has not done anything to to advance the thesis that I'm wrong. But I'm certainly not omniscient. God, God knows, right? So if it turns out that Ron Paul gets elected and the income tax is abolished the following year and Libertopia arrives three years later, well, it won't even take that long. But then clearly, I have made a very large mistake. And I'm not going to not act and not make decisions based on reasonable evidence and reasoning because there's some possibility that I've overlooked or missed something but um, but yes, what, uh, what will have to happen is I will have to say I have just made a terrible mistake, I will spend six months apologizing and another year trying to figure out exactly what mistake I made and write a book about it so that hopefully people won't make that mistake that I made in the future and then maybe a year after that I might start to regain some credibility with those people, right?
3: Right. Right, that would be
0: a... But if I just went, well, I was totally wrong about Ron Paul, but I'm totally right about this guy. Or if I just say, I'm totally right about this guy without even mentioning Ron Paul, then people are suspicious, right? Exactly. No, I, I get... So, this ties back into the teaching thing. Sure. If you um, have credibility, then you can take it slow because people will give you that, right? So I have these ridiculous hour and a half or two hour long conversations with listeners, right? And they don't know where the hell I'm going half the time, but they know I'm going somewhere, because they've listened to other listener conversations, or they listen listen to a bunch of podcasts, and they know I'm going somewhere, and it's probably going to be helpful, right? So I can go slowly with those people, because they're willing to give me the time to work through it patiently, right? Right. Like you're willing to you give know, I'm me, the, sorry, you're willing to give me a half hour here, and you're willing to hear all this nonsense about your past relationships. When it's like, "But I just want to know how to teach better," but you know that I'm trying to get you someplace useful because we've gone down this road a bunch of times before. So you're willing to give me the time to step you through it, if that makes sense.
3: Right, and, and people aren't. People have been afraid to tell me or point things out, and may, maybe, maybe I reacted differently during during the relationship but afterwards when they confront me on something I'm like I'm not I'm not responding with anger even though that's a little twinge. I I do feel
0: angry for a second, but then I realize, okay, you're totally right. Well it's, it's I've never sorry, it it is it is it is other people's job to give you feedback, but it's not other people's job to process your mistakes for you. Right. Right. So, uh, and you're perfectly aware that you told everybody a whole bunch of mythological nonsense about your exes, right? I am. And you're totally aware that you were giving relationship advice all the way through this, and even up after your your the breakup of your your um, uh, your uh, engagement, right? Yes. So th- this is nothing that that's not unknown to you. You also know that you spent a lot of time blaming these women, and then you and I had a conversation where some significant portion of responsibility fell on your shoulders, right? right? And you're also aware that everybody knows that, right? Yes. Now, the reason that we try to avoid mistakes and we're cautious is because credibility is easily lost and it's hard to win, right? Def- <laughs> definitely. I'm, I I'm
3: not even sure how to win it back or even get it back? Well, I mean, the, the first thing you do is done. you say
0: I don't have the credibility that I want. I have a credibility gap versus my ideal, right? And that's costing me. Right? Because it costs you, right? Because you, you want to have a positive effect on, on this conversation. And I'm not saying you don't, but you want to have a really positive effect where things can be efficient, where you know it can be more fun and where you're not, obviously you're not annoying people, right? Because annoying people isn't going to help you get what you want. So the first thing you need to do is, is just recognize the reality that Uh, you have a credibility gap that you need to work through, right? And you need to go through uh, the process of uh, atonement and restitution, and that means Ferraris for everyone. No, that just means that, you know, there's just this thing where you sort of, and don't go post right away, just mull it over and say, well, obviously I was trying to rope everybody into my self-serving fantasy about the virtue of these women, and when that got out, of course that was going to be problematic. And, And then you can say to people, why didn't you tell me? But not like, why the hell didn't you tell me? But, like, what was it that I was doing that caused you to feel that you couldn't tell me, right? And because I guarantee you that people didn't tell you for a very good reason. And that reason was you. Because there's not a forum, there's not a conversation where people are that shy about the truth, right? So people didn't tell you for a very good reason, and that reason was you. And if you ask okay. them, and you keep asking them, and you're patient, you will you hear it. You can ask me right now. <laughs> you could ask Rod. Um,
4: yeah, the, uh, okay. I remember when uh, when you got engaged, Nate. Um, I got a <laughs> I got one of these emails out of the blue that I was talking about earlier, but it was um, it was an email from your fiance, and I literally had no clue who this was from. I didn't recognize the name or anything. It just said it was a wedding announcement for these two people, and I think it was. I would, at that time, I think I still recognized your name as your screen name and not your your name Nate. And um, so, until I was digging through the uh, the uh, delivery header on the email and found the other names on the list, I had no idea that it was even you. And so, my first experience of I had no even no idea that you were dating anyone because you had recently crashed and burned with the uh, <laughs> the previous girlfriend. Right. And, um Suddenly I got this, this flowery looking email with you know the fancy type and everything on it talking about this wonderful wedding that was going to be held in Jamaica early next year. And I was like, as soon as I figured out who it was, the first, que- the first thing I went through in my mind was, what the hell is he doing? I mean, this is like if I could have plotted a uh, story that could have sent you in the exact wrong direction after your previous breakup, it would have been to do this. And there was there was such a, a feeling of overwhelming, like, this is insane, that I, I, I had no idea how to respond to that at all. Because if I, I don't know, it seemed like there was such a, a wall of, of unreality there that I couldn't even dent it. And I was intimidated by, I mean, it, how, how do I respond to such obvious enthusiasm with a cold bucket of water without expecting some kind of horrible retaliation response you know
0: and 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 sorry I don't want to interrupt your response to that Nate but but you would have gotten that right You you would have gotten that kind of hostility back for sure
4: oh yeah and I felt like I was I wanted so desperately just to say dude you know eject eject get out of this but I mean there is no way to bridge the gap between we're so in love and we're going to get married and you're invited to don't do it Nate <laughs> you know and it was really what was really odd about, it as well, was I mean, aside from just the oddity of the the whole situation, but it was just the fact that the email was coming from your new fiance, and I had literally no clue who this girl was. I'd never even heard of her before this email.
5: Uh, I, I had a similar experience back in May
3: when uh, when it started. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: So, I, I mean, how, I don't mean uh, to be piling on with, like, you know, you suck or anything like that, but I'm just saying that that was my experience of it, was that there was just a monolithic wall of, of fantasy right in front of me, and I just, I had no idea where to even begin with that. It was just utterly baffling to me.
3: Yeah, if I try to mentally switch places with you, I can... um I can definitely say I would react the same way. I think, because yeah, that that's quite a, a monolithic wall is the right word for it, for sure.
1: <laughs> and yeah. I
3: can definitely say that I probably wouldn't have responded too kindly. Um, yeah. Wow.
4: No, and I got I got that too because of just the I mean the care that was put into making this email and stuff, it was it was like, you know, it looked like someone had spent about an hour crafting this really pretty email and stuff like that. And I just, I I had a very solid in my bones feeling that no matter what I said here, it was just going to completely bounce off of this, this wall of uh, fantasy that was going on here.
3: Yeah, it came tumbling down, didn't it? <laughs>
4: Well,
0: yeah, eventually. Uh, and sorry, Nate, you had conditioned that response, uh, even for people who had not uh, been in the um, uh, in in the board, like in the board, but particularly those who were on the board, since you had talked about how how great she was, right?
3: Right. I I definitely conditioned that with everybody, so that they were afraid of responding. Responding wouldn't have yeah, you know, it would have been like I'm afraid of uh you know, poking a
0: rabid dog. <laughs> but uh that doesn't mean I should do it. Well, I mean it's like again, not to not to pick on the chunky guy, but if if the guy who's three hundred and fifty pounds says I'm the best diet expert in the world and the best and he's chuff puffing away and I'm also a marathon runner and he's puffing away on three stogies at the same time then there's no common ground to begin a conversation about the truth, right? Because the person is obviously in a state of anti-truth to the point where there's not even... It's like trying to debate physics with a witch doctor.
3: Um, yeah, I understand. Now, I can really... <laughs> I can really picture it just from being, just putting myself in their shoes what that would be like. I I really don't know
0: why I did it. Well, you did it because you didn't want to be alone, right? We sort of went through that last time, right? You did it because you had to go with the lowest common denominator, i.e. a woman who was happy with being with a guy who was only with her because he didn't want to be alone, right? And the alternative to roping us in or attempting to rope us in... Now, of course, the reality is that you didn't rope anybody in with stories of her virtue. All that you did was you put a big... God dog, right? A big snarling schnauzer uh, up against the gate leading to the truth, right? And you basically when, when you put forward that kind of florid a, uh, falsehood uh, you're not fooling anybody but what you are doing is saying it's going to be mighty costly for you to question me. Right. Right, so, so the, the, the woman who, who prays three hours a day and who goes to church five times a week Right, uh, and it's like one atom short of being a full nun. Uh, how is she going to respond if you question the existence of God to her?
3: The, well, kind of the way uh, somebody had commented on my journal, who seemed pretty uh, pretty pretty much like that, and uh, I, you know, I threw out uh, quite a few. Um, things on um just how doubtful the existence of God was to begin with and I don't know why this person was trying to talk to me to begin with because I mean it was obvious that I'm going to help. just based on everything on my blog that I'm a I'm an atheist <laughs> it's like why are you talking to me why are you trying to tell me this why are you trying to meet me in fantasy land and here I was just coming out of trying to meet people in fantasy
0: land right but the more invested somebody is in their fantasy it's not because they want to convince you of their fantasy it's not even fundamentally because they want to convince themselves of their fantasy it's a clear marker and a warning which is that i'm going to fuck you up if you try and penetrate this fantasy right so the more outwardly somebody is invested in a fantasy the more uh, people don't want to confront them on it because they just it's a big marker for like if you cross over this line uh, i'm going to get really mad at you right i mean that that's why we don't confront the heavily inv- that's why we don't talk to Nuns who've given up their entire life <laughs> as, as a woman, uh, we don't talk to them when they're 80 about the existence of God, right? Because they're so heavily invested that, that the, I mean, my God, what are you going to do, right? So the more publicly you invest in a fantasy, the less people want to uh, confront you on it, right? And, and of course, if you don't express any doubts about it, which is a total investment in fantasy, then what you're saying is that anybody who does express a doubt in it, I'm going to attack them, right? I mean, that, that's a clear marker, right? And that's that's one of the problems with these fantasies that it cuts people off from giving you honest feedback.
3: Yeah, and I think Greg had, I think Greg had tried to confront me on it, and I don't think I responded in the best way at all. I, I think I responded fairly really. I think I I think I almost I, I might have attacked him.
0: You might have attacked him. Because I did, like, May,
3: right? I think I did. I think I did attack him. I, I don't I remember what I said, him. but yeah, I well, think was, I did.
0: What was the emotional aspect of of that com- of that conversation for you, Nate? Like, well, what was, were you feeling when when he was asking you this?
3: Well, I was angry.
0: Right. So right, and so I, so of course, and you can choose to be angry when somebody's making you uncomfortable, and all that means is that you don't get people telling you the truth anymore, right? Exactly. Sorry, Greg, you were saying something I had a minute ago.
5: No, I was just saying that was the exchange back in May.
0: Yeah, that was. uh, I think it was a little later
3: than that, actually. More recent than that. Uh,
5: Um, When you first mentioned... uh, the, the the new girlfriend
3: on the on the blog, right? Oh, oh, that one. That one. Yeah. The one I actually ended up responding to in the end.
5: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
3: Well, I can I can, see, well, <laughs> I can definitely see Well, I can definitely see where this ties into today's board conversation and last night's I'm, I'm, i humbly, just, I apologize. I'm, I'm like I said, I, w- I will buy you dinner. <laughs> I will do anything to make up for having attacked you like that, and and told you you were wrong. And.
5: Well, I'm cu I'm actually curious about that board post last night. Now that we've gotten this far <laughs> into it, um. When you asked me that question, um, I'm trying to remember the thread now. About uh, um, oh, I had mentioned about how I chickened out on on uh, confrontations uh, over the last couple of months, right? And you asked, was Chicago one of those places, right? And after everything we've been through over the last month and a half or so, um, I was thinking to myself, after you posted that, well, of course you have to know the answer to that question, so why are you asking it like that?
0: Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I would say that it probably is one layer deeper than that. Whose job was it to confront Rachel in Chicago? Nobody? No. Who brought her? Uh, I did. Right. Right. So, if your guest is doing Crazy Talk 6,000, right? She's booting okay. up with Crazy Talk Mark 12 million. Whose job is it to confront her? Well, mine. Of course. Right? So... No, so I... I- it was your job. The... You you brought her, right? You brought her. So if she starts doing crazy talk and dominating the conversation, right? Then right. it's your job as the person who invited her to confront her on that, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you if you criticize Greg for not confronting Rachel, I could see how Greg might find that as a little annoying. <laughs>
3: Right. Right. So then I'm just kind of manipulating everybody else
0: Well, doing it for me. You you have a standard called you should confront people, and Greg, you kind of chickened out on confronting people, particularly in Chicago. Right. But you didn't confront Rachel the whole time you were with her, particularly not in Chicago. And that's what well, I mean I'm about the humility. Of,
3: right. It's the
0: humility to say. Well, I can't blame other people for not confronting Rachel, because I sure as hell didn't, and I brought her into this conversation. And,
3: and there so was was a, yeah. That was hypocritical of me. I...
0: Well, there, there you was... know, sorry, sorry to interrupt. The thing, it, it, it is a little bit, but I wouldn't even say that. I just say that you need to put yourself in the other person's shoes, right? Because Chicago kind of got messed up because you brought Rachel along, right? Right, And then blaming other people for not confronting the person you brought up who messed up the interaction that people had spent a fair amount of time and money attending, blaming other people for not confronting your fiancé who you brought is kind of giving them your job, right? Right. And then having a standard called you, could, you should confront people when it's your job to do it and you're not doing it.
5: And all that after months of uh, making it clear that if anyone did... You'd get angry,
0: right? I mean, you yeah. I mean, another reason why people didn't confront Rachel was because you would have gotten angry. You would have rushed to her defense, and you would have blamed the other person, right?
3: Right. I that is quite another aspect of my dark side, I guess.
0: Well, sure. Uh, You would have you would absolutely have sided with Rachel because that's what you were doing on the board, right? You would absolutely have sided with Rachel, and you would have attacked Greg for confronting her. And now you're criticizing Greg for not confronting her. Wow. Yeah, that is, that's kind of cruel, and i <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> and and you, you're not conscious of it, right? I mean, nobody's saying that uh, you're plotting whatever, right? But, but this just the reality of other people's experience of you, that we all, we all need this kind of feedback, and as I say, like, I get it 50 times a day in my inbox. I always get this feedback, but we have to throw ourselves open to the feedback of other people, so that we can prevent uh, situations where we don't get what we want. Because you didn't get what you wanted with Rachel, you didn't get what you wanted in Chicago, and you're not getting what you want in terms of your board interactions, Nate, right? So this is not, Nate is a bad guy, this is how to get Nate what he wants. And that does mean looking at uh, things which would be annoying to any human being, yourself included, right? And saying, well, I'm not going to get what I want if I'm annoying, so I need to not be, (laughs) you know, annoying in these areas. I'm not saying annoying in perpetuity in all situations or but in these particular areas, right?
3: Right. And I and I definitely don't want to be this irritating annoying cruel <laughs> you know, apparent- I mean, cruel in a very subtle if what it has apparently been subtle at least to me, because I'm not aware I haven't been aware of it until right now.
5: <laughs> to I, I, T- to to be fair, I, I I did sort of hang a target out there when I re- responded the way I did in that thread last night. So.
3: Well, I don't think I I don't know why I said it or mentioned it. I what was going through my mind at the time was that I I've done the same thing over and over and over with several people at dinner, Thanksgiving dinner. I was invited out to an old friend that I haven't seen in a while, just randomly. Um, I went and had dinner with them, and they, they usually have these enormous Thanksgiving dinners, but some lady down at the end of the table, they were going around the table saying what we're thank- thankful for and stuff like that. It was some goofy tradition. And um, when it got to her, she mentioned she that she thanked the military and, and, and it's glad we have our freedom. And... <laughs> I could have said something, but she seemed so enveloped in her own fantasy that it, that, that probably would have been a bad idea. And
0: now, sorry, sorry to you. interrupt you for just a second there, Nate, but the feeling that you had was that if you had confronted her even mildly, she would have gotten angry, right? Right. Right, so that's what we were feeling. Right. Because she was so invested in her fantasy. Right.
3: So I, I get that, with that whole feeling, and I understand for sure. I just, um, I I don't know why I had mentioned Chicago,
0: other than to mention that I know how that feels. You you mentioned Chicago because there's but, not closure in Chicago. There's not closure about Chicago yet, right? Which means that it's not processed, right? That that's why it comes up. Like when we have closure with stuff, it doesn't come up anymore. Oh. Right? We, we, you guys talk about Chicago, and it still evokes strong emotional responses because you haven't gotten to the truth about Chicago, and that's why it's it's circling around. That's why we work hard to get to the root of these things so that we can put them behind us and uh, and move on with closure, right? And that doesn't mean never talk about it again, but it means it doesn't pop up unexpectedly and produce strong emotional responses.
3: Right. Oh. Well, I'm. I'm glad that I did bring it up. I'm. I don't. That was definitely a good idea. And measure. and I'm going and to uh, sorry I'm going
0: that. to suggest just because the majority of people weren't at Chicago and haven't heard the Chicago tapes, but um, it, was, it sounds so conspiratorial. The Chicago tapes, where <laughs> the real killer of JFK was exposed, it was the waitress. But um, I'm going to just suggest that that uh, you guys could have a chat about this, and you know please record it if you don't mind. But you should have a chat about uh, Chicago, the people who were who were there. But I don't know that it's going to be hugely relevant to other people. But maybe we could release it as a a gold plus or something if that's right with you.
3: Well, sure. You're talking about the conversation with...
0: With Greg, uh, uh, yeah, or or whoever else was there who wanted to be in on that conversation, because you guys definitely need to chew through some stuff about Chicago, for sure. I mean, there's a lot to be gained from that, right? But but, uh, you need to try an RTR on Chicago.
3: For sure. And I think that would be really good for all of us.
0: All right. Well, listen, thanks so much, everybody. I'm going to close the show down now because uh, I've just peed myself, and that's usually a good sign that the end of the show is relatively imminent. Uh, Wait. Ah. Okay. So thanks, everyone, so much. Uh, Again, uh, I will have uh, a uh, um, a show next week, uh, next Sunday. Uh, Thanks so much to everyone who joined in. It was a great show. Uh, as everyone and uh, as as it always is and it's really been fantastic lately in particular so thanks so much for the listeners to the listeners for that look forward to your donations you still have time to order my books uh, for christmas so uh, thank you so much everyone and pick up some t-shirts or i absolutely promise uh, i will cry so thanks so much and i will talk to you soon